together but they keep us saying we laugh just a little too loud we stand just a little too close we stare just a little too long maybe they're seeing something we don't darling let's give them something to talk about let's give them something to talk about how about love 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 Where the laughter was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed! Go! We get together, have a few laughs. Masters of the universe! Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. Hey, what do you get when you get a couple of white broads disguised as dudes who like to talk about movies? You got the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast, and I am one of those white broads, your host to the left, the rental king, Ron Avis. And joining me always, that gentle white broad from the north, the one who brings you all the laughs and all the intelligent thought to the show, Adam Peterson. The the whitest broad you know. (laughs) You know, I had a... I had to find a way to come in with something because we typically uh, have like a movie we're talking about for the show, right? But this is just sort of like a fireside chat, like water cooler episode. We we really don't have a plan. We have a vague plan. We have that like flying by the seat of your pants plan being an action movie type plan for the episode. We have 12% of a plan. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, We've got a Peter Quill plan. But, you know, in case if you regular diehards, if you've noticed, we haven't been around in a, in a little bit. Uh, back in April when we did our weird, uh, our, well, yeah, our UHF, now, it wasn't a Weird Al episode, but it kind of was. Uh, and and we, were, we promised more episodes of April Fool's to come that just never did. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's kind of my fault, but it's also kind of in line with our uh, sort of uh unwritten summertime uh like sabbatical <laughs> we just sort of take a little leave of absence what it was and, was a giant april fool's joke we planned the whole thing <laughs> <clears throat> it was entirely uh, intentional 100%. Uh, we totally fooled you guys we pulled the wool straight over your eyes <laughs> morons you're all none morons. of you saw it coming you <laughs> totally you fell for it. Uh, oh. but no, um, but seriously, I um, right right around the time we published that episode, I I, my, I had plans to do the the family vacay down to Disney World, and so you know, like we were there for the week, and when we got back, we we had some sort of loose plans for some of the other Cinemasters to kind of get involved, and we had. We had picked out our uh, rest of the movies for the month, but just, you know, you, you, you try to get motivated to, to record a show. It's like, we, we love doing this. Like, once you actually hit record and 
I just have a great time. I love doing it. I have no regrets ever. But sometimes it's just hard to get up and get going, especially when you got like the family. Did I lose? Well, you? summertime <laughs> changes with the kids around. You fell asleep, <clears throat> didn't you? <laughs> we've got we've, there's there's a whole other universe happening. There's all kinds of things, and you know, it's when when the when the children are contained during the school year, it makes it easier for us. But I know, especially at my house, like you know, bedtimes and a lot of the standard rules, like it's not complete anarchy, but a lot of things kind of go out the window once school's out. So. Yeah, you know, different plans and all kinds of stuff. It it does. It makes makes life a little harder, and it's it's really just the two of us regulating ourselves, and we're relatively unregulated most of the time, anyways. We're just right. I know for myself, I'm I'm basically three children in a trench coat just wandering around, <laughs> making it look like I know what I'm doing. Ah, <laughs> uh, don't pull the sweater. Don't pull. Don't pull the yeah. thread on the the sweater. You never know. What you're gonna see? Could it could be it could be two velociraptors, yep. or it could be three small children. <laughs> yeah, just wearing a trench coat, wandering around. But but we're all trying to fake it, you know. People, we're just trying to just just fake it until we make it. But I just thought it might be fun to catch our listeners up on uh, just what what we've been up to, and you know, there was that vacation bit that which which was fun. I I got to visit. Uh, Galaxy's Edge, you know, being being a, a a moderately big Star Wars fan, it was like kind of a dream come true to be able to walk through the park uh, done up by Disney, total immersion, and you know they the the cast members and the and the sets that they build and everything just look great, but what really sets it over the top or it did for me when I went was just how. Uh, how far just the the public just like the disney world going public take it you know they they show up in like really authentic looking costumes to cosplay and uh you know they're just park guests but they're showing up to cosplay in this completely made up world for them and you you can kind of tell that the cast the official cast members are playing along with it and really digging it and uh, just just the experiences were really fun anyway, and just the the rides, the rise of the resistance, which was so cool, and um, going on board the Millennium Falcon and getting to build my own lightsaber and watch watch Logan build a droid, just oh man, the whole the whole thing was just a plus, top you know two thumbs up. Nice. I know going to Disney World is just not like a thing that anybody can do. You know, it's expensive and things are much more expensive now than ever. Uh, but it it's just kind of one of those things we've been kind of saving up to do the big family plan for a couple of years. And this was the year we did it and we had a great time. And uh, to- the Toy Story Land, I- I'm, I'm describing just the parts that relate somewhat to movies in case you hadn't noticed. <laughs> I'm going to be a slave to the format a little bit. But uh, just the, the Slinky Dog ride and the Toy Story World was really fun. Uh, e- even Allison got in on this, loved that, had a good time. And the theming of, of Toy Story Land is really well done and just had an awesome time. And we've also kind of returned to a somewhat normal uh, movie going kind of re- like my relationship with going to the movies is starting to feel a bit normal and pre-pandemic. Yes. 
have you noticed that too? Um, you you can go into a theater and you know it, it's just a, you just sort of at this point hope and assume that everyone is doing what they're supposed to be doing to protect themselves. And you know at this point it's like all right, well we we can't we can't do this forever like masks up forever, can we? So yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna we're just going back to normal and. Being being able to once again look forward to a movie that I know is going to be coming out and not getting postponed or delayed because of yeah. spikes and uh you know in like outbreaks and st- like it's just been so uh oh just like a welcome relief to normalcy and a return to normalcy and uh you know I thought maybe we could talk about the movies that you and I have seen so far this summer season. And uh, that that could just be sort of where we where we go, and if we if we want to talk about some other things, we definitely can. But um, I find it interesting that you and I have seen like different movies just kind of worked out. Like we can cover a lot more movies because I think you know you've seen movies that I still want to see that I just haven't seen yet, and same for you. Like I've seen movies and, I think yeah, that you haven't versa. seen yet, right? So it ain't just a great Judge Reinhold movie. You know, no. A lot of people think that, but they're wrong. It also applies to this conversation. <laughs> every, every movie with Judge Reinhold is <clears throat> a great movie. Yes. Thanks for backing me up, trusty sidekick. <laughs> I will. If you anytime you play the Judge Reinhold card, yeah. I will. You're I will in. back you up wholeheartedly. Billy Rosewood. That's uh, that's all I got to say right there. Billy, Billy. Rosewood. <laughs> Dr. Uh, Neil so Miller from the Santa I think, Claus. Perfect. I think in terms of just like what came out that was big news from early April to now about to be late June, um, would Dr. Strange and the Multiverse of Madness fall, fall under that time period or did did that come out before we took our last or we did our last show? No, that was, that was after I think I thought so. It was, it was like a May release. I'm guessing probably. Right. Yeah. It was the first week or of maybe May. late April. I don't know. So yeah. Well, so we've both seen that one. So if you want, we could maybe just start there and talk about Dr. Strange, the multiverse of madness, which is now just a, just a time stamp this, moment we're recording is is just been released on disney plus to view so that whatever period of time may not necessarily be 45 days but you know they're they're kind of sticking to that pandemic era of a shortened window i'm hoping that's just the way it's going to be now like this just that window is closed and it's there's no need to artificially extend it anymore let's let's keep it where it is (laughs) Cause I like, I like being able to know that, you know, gee, I, I can't, I can't make it to see this movie, but I know that if after that second or third week it, I'm not going to have to go chase it down in some other second run theater or just that long period of time between even when they stopped showing the movie to video release. Now I know it's just like, oh, well, I mean, I've waited two weeks. I can wait another three or four weeks. I'll just wait. <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, even even with that, like, I know the uh, physical media release is <clears throat> the last <coughs> excuse me last week of July, because um, I already have I've 
the Steelbook pre-ordered, uh, which means that you know the digital. I mean, like you said, it's available to stream on on Disney Plus right now, and I would assume uh, probably maybe even the next few weeks um, that the uh, the the digital copy that you could own um, would presumably be coming out. So uh, I, that's that you know it came out May fifth, May sixth, came out in theaters May sixth. So July twenty okay. sixth is the release date. So not I mean a little less than three months. Um, mm-hmm. which has the standard because that's that's one of i mean the, especially the big blockbusters they really do try and squeeze as much time in theaters as they can out of those but i know a lot of other uh films have kind of come and gone and are either already i mean there are movies that came out around the same time that are already out on dvd and digital yeah you know that reminds me before we start talking about multiverse of madness you you had just said that you were you'd pre-ordered the steelbook or whatever you want to talk about like your latest um uh should i call it an obsession i guess i could call it an (laughs) obsession it's it's my it's my new fixation because i've i've gone down uh you know i think towards the beginning of when the pandemic hit was kind of it was uh, was when tiktok really first started blowing up and I, I had TikTok for a little while, and every, I mean, it was like, oh, the, the Chinese are stealing your data. You're like, oh, really? <laughs> Should I still have to? No, get rid of the app. The Chinese will re- get you. I remember that. I remember that, I like, like oh, concern. People were trying to stir up concern. I don't know if I want the Chinese to come get me. <laughs> oh, that's... Uh, seems like that could these be a chinese bad businessmen we're gonna are gonna know what kind of porno i like to watch just a bunch of chinese guys showing up at my door <laughs> great this is the last thing i need we're here for so, your liberties <laughs> so i i i got i got rid of it then it was like i got to the point where i was like you know what i i have no data that anyone wants so it's right. like what what data are they stealing of mine oh yeah I have nothing. Let's see, to you're offer. trying to—they're trying to like tap into that sad middle-aged white guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, this is the guy. It's like, what, what, are, what are you getting from me? I like—I don't ever leave my home. Very lucrative, sad white guy. Like, if you got my data, you would look at it like, oh, man, I'm kind of bummed out. Can we look at somebody else's data? I don't want to look at this data anymore. This is really like, man, I gotta. Oh, return to Schiffer, God. I need, to, oh. I need to take a day off or something. This is just bringing me down. They're, they're gonna so. sue you. You're gonna get. You're gonna get a notification of like a summons yeah. for. <laughs> just you bummed me out, man. <laughs> I just bummed all these Chinese guys out. They're like, oh, this guy's. This guy's life sucks. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so, so the TikTok. Yeah, so you you were so on I've, TikTok I've come back and discovering to it. the TikTok. I've come back to it, and I I have found. Um, and I, I like I didn't. It, it never even dawned on me, um, but there's a, a, and it's referred to, kind of colloquially as movie talk. Mm-hmm. This this whole kind of segment of TikTok that is especially for people that uh, just love movies, people that collect movies, especially the physical media guys. There's a lot of people on there, and it's it's really fun because you do you do actually start to kind of develop a little bit of a sense of community with some of these guys because people sure, will go yeah. live um <clears throat> i actually I mean that's why i still use reddit you know like yeah there's a reddit for everything you like you know you 
and, so, and, even, and even just like the smallest niches out there have like two hundred thousand people in their Reddit. <laughs> and and so. it's like uh, because I, you know, I I have uh, we have talked about before the forms of social media that I have are primarily for um, obtaining movie news. I mean, there's very little about it that I use for. I mean, overtly social purposes because yeah. I'm not overtly social. Um, and so there, but one of the things that I started to realize is, especially with, um, uh, with physical media, which we, we talk about pretty regularly. I, I love, I'm still big on having the DVD in, in hand. Uh, so I, I have, my collection continues to grow and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with what I have. And, yeah. um, oh, it's a pretty impressive collection and, 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 and I, it. it's 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 what i enjoy so it's like when i have disposable I thought income the I enjoy. calendar that you sent me was pretty gratuitous though of every month you yes. in a salacious like steamy photo you know i had i got a groupon <laughs> for uh, a, a photo session and it wasn't i didn't know going into it exactly what kind it was so uh-huh. we just kind of made it work <laughs> And TikTok you know, I got a lot of movie user group, uh, yeah, fan fiction photo session group. On. <laughs> in, in in retrospect, I should not have used it for my Christmas mm. card, um, mm. especially sending it out to so many of. My I mean, you're family. it's two birds with one stone. I get it. Yes. You yeah, know, I get it. Makes but sense. <laughs> it's a just another in a long line of uh, patterned poor choices that I've made in life. Um, <laughs> But uh, but yeah, so with the with this with the movie TikTok movie talk, it's great because like I have like there's all kinds of avenues of the movie world that I was relatively or altogether unfamiliar with. There's, I mean, I know we've we've referenced before things like Shout Factory, uh, Screen mm-hmm. Factory. I know we both per- made purchases, and I I want to say their operation maybe semi uh close to our general region i, I feel like i've got shot factory is that's that's true yeah I, I thought so um but there's there's a number of other places and i know i think i've shared a number of them with you but there's a number of other boutique labels that i have learned about through this kind of new network yep. where um I, I, you know i've i've made pur- purchases of all kinds of different stuff that um uh, I, I never never would have known about it's and, it's and good it, it sounds as if though you've sort of leveraged the power of tiktok to find this new group of deep cut movie lovers yeah oh yeah <laughs> you know because like typically when you're when you're just kind of cruising facebook or whatever if you get movie related posts it's these like ridiculously easy quizzes that you can ace with your eyes closed yeah and you're supposed to impress people with this knowledge <laughs> like no and but you, if you find this group of like deep cut hardcore movie nerds who appreciate these because i thanks to you have kind of gone out on a limb looking for things and i've discovered the you know the analogs of shout factory like the arrows out there of yeah. the world who have really interesting uh box sets in steelbook form of movies that are harder to find you know like they don't get the like with i feel like now we're in this era with blu-ray where it's just get the movie released as cheap as cheaply as possible 
And, you know, if there are any supplemental features, it's, they didn't go to any trouble to make it. It's just like they recovered it in the filmmaking process or whatever. And like, they just really easily exactly. slapped it on. And director's commentaries are just sort of maybe the last of those things that you do occasionally see. But I hate now that it's just, just the damn movie really. And you know, there's not much extra. And I miss those early days of DVD when you just felt like you were getting an education in whatever thing that is that you bought, you know, like I, yes, I purchased this movie because I love watching this movie, but now I get to learn everything about this movie and impress my friends and, you know, just be, just be living happier in this world of movie fandom, just having these little tidbits that you never had access to before and they're just going away. But companies like Shout Factory and Arrow, they're, they're still doing it. There's this really expensive yet intriguing RoboCop uh, uh, set on Arrow that I've been kind of eyeballing, like, yeah. you know, kind of flirting with. <laughs> but it's just a little more than I want to spend. Uh, but uh, if it ever goes on sale, if I see it, I'm probably going to grab it because I bet you there's some good stuff in there. And that's 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 kind of the nice thing. I think I think did, did I send you videos of the ones I got from Vinegar Syndrome, the Cloak and Dagger, and uh, yep, um, yeah, Cause I that was those those Vinegar Syndrome is another uh, boutique, and I think they mainly specialize in kind of really off the beaten path horror movies, um, mm -hmm. and so it was not a huge interest for me, but. It was when I was like, okay, I'm unfamiliar with this catalog. And I went and I looked. And the first time I visited the website, they had um, pre-orders for Cloak and Dagger, uh, the 1980s movie with uh, even Dabney I, I Coleman. Can't, uh, Dabney Coleman and uh, what's his, the kid from E.T. that I can't stand. Oh, um, yeah, man. Henry Thomas, yeah. the greatest Henry actor he's, he's of in our it. generation. I, I hate, Henry I hate that he is because it's, <laughs> it's legitimately, I mean, it's probably the best movie he was in. Oh, um, wow. Wow, you know, make I a just, lot of ET fans of those, like, happy with that. Opinion. It was it was one of those where it was like, it was I mean like it's legitimately a kids movie. I mean it's a it's a family friendly kids movie, but it's also it's not like you know uh, Cody Banks, you know the spy kids or you know stuff like that. Where it's like it's oh it was like there were I mean there were what do you got do you real, what do you got against Frankie Munoz? <laughs> I mean I won't I won't crap too hard on Agent Cody Banks. The hell's all the shade for Frankie Munoz for? Because <laughs> and, and and the spy kids because yeah because we all know what a piece of shit those movies are. Am I right? <laughs> No, no, Let's I just, hear you. I hear you. We had uh, the the second agent Cody Banks when he had one of the kids from S Club Seven and uh, Anthony Anderson. That was a quality film. Let me just tell you, it was a quality oh, film. It I, um, that well, all you had to, you said Anthony Anderson. I just assumed yeah. it was a quality film. Yeah, but Whew, uh, but this this was this was a movie where I mean, like they had legitimate. I mean, there were, you know, adults with guns chasing after kids. Yeah. And it wasn't like, ah, these guys. Kids and they were like the, a classic. Yeah, they weren't like trope. the guys from Home Alone. It was like, we're going to shoot and kill these kids because <laughs> yeah. we're doing espionage. If we catch you, we're not going to yeah. threaten you. We're going to shoot you in the yeah. head. <laughs> and so, like, there was, I mean, there was real danger. And so, but like, they they did this updated release. And when I got it, 
like the the i mean one of the things i was because it was i mean it was a little pricier i mean like you can go on ebay you can, i mean even some of the you know uh newer movies i, I mean i i was uh going down a, a dane cook uh rabbit hole the other day so i got good oh, luck wow Chuck that's and, a rabbit uh, hole that doesn't get traveled very often no anymore. he's well he's recently joined tiktok as well so he's on there he's live a lot i followed him I was like i miss dane cook I liked Dane Cook oh, back I, in the day. I hated, I hated all the sudden vigor for him out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> but he he had because I, I I was like I got Good Luck Chuck and uh, Employee of the Month, which I think you yeah. watched not too long ago. No, no, um, I did, and uh, it it's it held it held up better than I expected. And because you I know mean, me, I'm not. A, I've never been a, a a fan of of Jessica Simpson. I really don't feel like she's that good of an actor. No offense. No. Uh, neither am I, <laughs> but you know, her, especially in that, I, you know, I, I thought she was much better. And I recently watched Dukes of Hazard for some reason. I just decided to watch it. And, uh, I, I, mean, I was desperately wanting, I was like, you know, like sometimes you're just in a desperate movie watching mood and you're just like, oh, I can, nothing looks good. Okay. The next movie I see, I'm just going to watch and yeah. boom, Dukes of Hazard, which is Dukes like a, of Hazard. It, it's like That's a one that needs a broken like lizard movie. Well. So it's, you know, it's not without it's high you know it's qualities but you you um, can you can pick those ones up relatively cheaply and for something like that where i'm like i'm not in i'm not it was not kind of sit there it's like you know every once in a blue moon i'll have this oh you know what i wouldn't mind popping in same kind of thing wouldn't mind popping in yeah. you know employee of the month and so i'll turn right. that on but i'm not gonna like here let me watch it again with the commentary let me hear what dax I, shepherd i'll tell had you to who really makes that movie better is dax shepherd <laughs> he re- he's the the he combination of that him and, movie a lot, honestly. Because yeah. the two of them to get like it, I I feel like he hit the yin and yang there between him and, and Dane Cook really goes well. And I mean, like with Andy Dick and uh, yeah, uh, was who's the other guy? Was it uh, uh, was Harlan uh, Williams uh, in that? Harlan Williams, yeah, he's one of yeah. the guys. And then there, there's of, like uh, I forget the other guy. Oh so yeah, another guy uh, that I don't really remember being in a whole yeah, lot of other things. I know you're, I'm trying to think, but yeah, there was, and then you had Efren the, Ramirez, the, who was the, kind of the, the Indian gentleman guy. Yeah, that yeah. Guy. Then you had Efren Ramirez from uh, right from Napoleon from Dynamite, Napoleon who was kind of like the yep. minion for Dax Shepard. Right. So you had some really decent, you know, kind of second tier comedic performers that were rounding out the cast. So I mean, it was it was a fun little flick, but I think I picked it up for like four bucks. So it's like, okay, for four bucks, I can enjoy this movie whenever I want. For the I mean, that's like the, the cost time. of a box of cereal. I mean, yeah. which would you rather have, a box of cereal? So I'm like or that. A pretty so good like, Dax Shepard, Dane Cook comedy. <laughs> exactly. So for something that's a little bit you know more special, and it was it was cool because. You know, they, they made the, it was a 4K release, so they had, you know, they done it up. They made the case look like an old Atari case, and it even had, like, the price tag sticker that said Vinegar Syndrome on it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot yeah. of attention to detail on the packaging, and it's like, I know it's just packaging, but that's yeah. one of those things. That's why, I mean, that's why things like Steelbooks are cool to collectors, because it's a different, specialized, fun kind of packaging. It's Yeah, it it's like comic something. book collectors. It's the variant. Yeah. So it's those, and so it's like for that, it's like yeah, you got to pay a little extra, but it's like it's nice because these these labels will take these movies, you know, they'll get the rights to them. You know, I, I think the the wizard was one that we had both commented on that Shout Factory very, did a really great well job. Yeah, very so well it done. is nice that they'll the burbs, track there's down one for the burbs. 
Yeah, they'll track down all of those supplemental materials and kind of jam them together. So you really yeah. do, when you find oh, a title, the Transformers the movie one is a Shout Factory. That's yeah. a good one. So it was it was nice to find um, different outlets. I need, for, I know you had said that like their most of their catalog is off the beaten path. But I need to check it out because the fun thing about those horror movies is like you can really have your own little home version of Mystery Science Theater. Oh, yeah. Have a good time watching those movies that they were never meant to be taken seriously. They're B movies. (laughs) Yeah, I was going. I was going. But there's still but there's still a dedication to the craft that you can. They're not completely half assing it. They're just. It's fun to see how people on a budget work through problems they can't just throw a bunch of money at to solve. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's but, there's a lot of that out there. And one of the nice things about this is without, uh, without you know, having any real exposure to it. Because even, I mean, honestly, the last, I, the last time I went to our local Best Buy, I realized how, because it, it had been a little while since I've been in Best Buy. Yeah, but they had, I mean, they had really. Don't they look at you like deer? You know, like you walk through, and they're just like they look that they have that shocks look like a live customer. <laughs> oh, I, like I mean, they're I'm literally they dive behind like a big screen TV. <laughs> a half a, a half a dozen people. I came. I was like, "Hey, how are you doing today? Is there anything I can help you with?" I mean, they were just like, "What are you doing here?" You're I feel a person like in champ, a store. Champ and like Anchorman where he's like clutching to Ron. Yeah. I miss, <laughs> I miss your, your musk. <laughs> but it, I mean, it was like, I'm just here for some movies. But they, they really. I think we I mean, should get an apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, champ. It's the, 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 the state of the, of the best by customer relationship. Yeah, right that, now. that categorizes pretty well. Cause I, like I, I, w- I went back in there. I was hoping I could just casually pick up uh, Morbius. Uh, I was gonna. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't worth the purchase on Steelbook, but I was gonna. I was gonna do it anyways because it's a Marvel movie. I know it's outside <laughs> yeah, the yeah. MCU, but I have my dedication to Marvel. And so I was like, they didn't show it online. But I was like, I'll just swing by. Maybe they will. And I don't know if they're on. Un- they're if they're doing some renovations or what, but. Like even they're they're down to one row of shelves. It's just the front and back of one row of shelves. Wow! And and I was like, this is they have it a couple used to little. Take a, it used to take like two hours to look at all their movies. <laughs> oh, I mean, man, like I worked at Best Buy back in two thousand three, and I know that's going back a ways. But yeah. as like the whole center of the store was. I worked in the media department. The whole center of the store was CDs, movies, and video games. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And that was that was us. That was our whole. We I never we worked at Best the, Buy, but I can can confirm as a frequent customer that is true. Yeah, I was like to to look and see like okay, CDs are no longer a thing. The right. movies are reduced to one aisle. Vinyl is way more of a thing than CDs nowadays. Yeah, which is and hilarious. So, just because to people see, like, couldn't wait to get rid of fucking vinyl, to be oh, rid man. of these gigantic sleeves that, like, now people love collecting. And I, I have to admit, I've been tempted to go on and look for, like, vintage LPs of albums that I had never owned yeah. on LP. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. There's just all kinds. Like, I got it's DC a huge, Boys it's licensed a huge to thing. ill. But Sorry, yeah, go ahead. 
No, the, I mean they've they've just like it's it, you, you you can go online and find a lot of titles. I mean, pretty like if you, you go on the Best Buy website, you I mean even when you go on the Target website, like you can go in you can go to Target. I when I was in Target the other day, I accidentally found an aisle of movies. I thought they had gotten rid of almost all of their movies altogether, except yeah. for just a little kiosk with new releases. I found a, one... Like, a, like an end, right? Yeah. I found one row of shelves accidentally. I was like, oh, they do have some movies here. You're still here, guys. Physical so I was, media. <laughs> I was happy about that, but it's like, it is... I mean, like, if you wanted anything... Like, if, you walk, if you're like, hey, I want to go buy Arachnophobia... You can't walk into a store and buy arachnophobia on Blu-ray. Not anymore. No. So it's like, if you want to do that, and it's you know with the with the internet, it's like you go on Amazon, get it a couple days. So it's not. I was like, Dude, those are the kinds of things. Before I forget, I have to bring this up. So yes, <laughs> just talking about Best Buy, they just have like that one kind of row of, of shelf of movies, and Target has a row, a sad row that you found yes. accidentally. I was um, in a mall. The other day, hadn't been in one in a little while, and I, I saw FYE. I walked into yes. it because I, I had been, you know, like, talk, you know, talking about CDs and how things have changed. I know this is going off on a tiny bit of a tangent, but uh, FYE used to be mostly music, some movies, and some, like, little collector things, posters, shirts, whatever. Then I, I, I started to notice the collectible things getting a bigger little section against the wall, but still mostly music, mostly movies, mostly posters. When I went into there just a few days ago, it was a toy store. Now I didn't see any music. Wow. (laughs) I'm not even joking. I didn't see any movies. I just saw shelf after shelf of uh, Dragon Ball Z, Ghostbusters, uh, f- a fuck ton of pops and t-shirts still. But, I mean, FYE is just basically that part of um, Toys R Us or Walmart that just has the nostalgia section now. Like, every store yeah. has at least a small nostalgia section. And it's just the whole store. <laughs> it's a and toy it just store really for really hit me hard. Like, wow, this used to be a place to go and listen and find new music and leave with new music. And now it's just for your entertainment. It's yes. Yes. But everything is nostalgia now. It's like all it is. So, I mean, I'm here for all that nostalgia stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, when's when's the, like, when, where's the line, dude? (laughs) Yeah. And the, that, that's, that's where like for, for the movie collector, I mean, and even just like, you know, you say, okay, I, I mean, I've a part a part of why I love owning it too is, um, the I mean, streaming is fairly reliable, but yeah. it's when I was like, okay, if the you know if the internet go, you know if your internet gets spotty, this I've had a number of times where I've been trying to watch something, and yeah. for whatever reason, you know the it was like oh it's buffering or you know i'm having an issue and i'm just like or you just get a lot more artifacts in the picture than you're used to yeah and so like there have been times where literally i was like okay i'm tired of this i get up walk over the shelf get it out of the case put it in i'm not dealing with this anymore yeah i'm just watching the movie you just you just changed the history of your day yeah (laughs) the destiny you had a destiny 
that got all fucked up because of poor internet, and then you rewrote history right there. It's like and hey, a lot I can of it... be I can be the DJ of my own uh, station. Oh yeah, right now a lot of it goes back to you know we've shared pretty frequently. You know, your experiences in mom and pop video stores, working at Blockbuster, you know, our, you know, it goes back to when we were kids. I mean, Friday night, you go to the video store. We, I mean, we used to rent videos from the grocery store. Oh, you know, yeah. It was, it was one of those things like it, it harkens back to that 80s and 90s, that time frame that I think, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people love to really say that. It's like, and it probably just a broken record. It's like it feels like the '80s and the '90s really were like the last great time to be alive and and have that way of life that was there. We've traded. Like, I I know exactly where you're coming from, and I miss that feeling of community, communal interests. Like by just by going to a place, like you just go yeah. to a place, and you know, just by being there, you have everything you like, or at least something in common with all those people, and it feels nice. And, you know, like, hey, sometimes you don't get to see the movie that you came there to get, but that just made you go and look at what else was available, and you may find something yeah. you didn't even know existed. And you go home with a different new- movie, and guess what? That movie was Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. <laughs> if that if that new release that you were looking for wasn't there, maybe you got to go over to the actual, you know, the action section or the comedy section, and you right. walk through... And you, I mean, like, I, I know, I know you're, you have the exact same memory of just walking into a video store and seeing all those cover boxes. Oh, yeah. There's so many of those like, oh I man. I scanned every single aisle. I didn't care what genre it was. Yeah. I, I would even walk past like little sections, like the wrestling section. I didn't care. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, here's the wrestling tapes. I've stumbled upon the, all the, all the summer slams, like. Uh, you know that's interesting. I I can appreciate that they have their own videotape. <laughs> and I don't I, I, I don't stop. I just I just slow down a bit. <laughs> and it's it's funny to me because even when I think about like how I mean like if you know feels like the idea uh, it, Blu-ray and, and you know like the I don't know that we'll have I I don't know that we'll necessarily have a, a lot of formats changes beyond 4K right now. I mean, I don't know how much more our quality will get better at home, and especially with physical media going the way that it is, that they would try and branch out into something beyond what we already have access to. But it's funny to me to think back as like, you know, I, I feel like the next big evolution in film. Not to not to throw you off topic, but I've thought about that, and I feel like the next evolution of film is going to be ex- like immersion and not. Yeah how crystal clear something is exactly yeah i feel like that's going to be the next time we're really wowed with something who knows how far away that is but anyways please continue with your thought and it's like it's it's funny because it makes me it makes me have to realize how old i've gotten because when i was in high school the end of my high school years uh when i was a senior and i was working at blockbuster our whole we, our store switched over from VHS to DVDs. Like I remember when we started getting DVDs in. So like I was there at the migration from VHS to DVD in the you know the last few years of Blockbuster making that transition. And it's just it's just funny like because that was where I started really building my own DVD collection as yeah. uh, 
you know, as a senior in high school. And now it's, it's funny because I've become this movie snob now to where it's like, oh, Blu-ray is the, the lowest that I'll go. Oh, it's only available on DVD. I love seeing ah. you go there now, dude. You just would crack me up. You'd be like, I just picked up the DVD of such a so-and-so movie. And I'm like thinking, why didn't you just get the better version? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. I, I mean, like, unless it's only available on DVD and right. I have to own it. I yes. will not settle for something less than Blu-ray. And I, I <laughs> that just makes me, you know, such a snot. Like, and it's funny because I, I, mean, I remember If you buy the Blu-ray. DVD, you watch it and throw it out. <laughs> yeah. I, it's like, hey, we're out of toilet paper. I'll just use some of those old DVDs. I mean, n- none of my DVDs are on display. They're all stacked up in the top of yeah. the closet somewhere, you know. It's I, Blu-ray and up only. I have, uh, I have a handful that are part of the Ryan Reynolds collection. But I think everything else, uh, I, I think I have, in, in getting some of the steelbooks that I've gotten as of late, uh, there, I have a Die Hard uh, that's, I think, just a DVD steelbook. And I, the, the Boondock Saints ones I got are DVD size, but I think they are Blu-ray, um, Blu-ray steelbooks. So it's, I'll tell you it's a, just, a steelbook that I really, really am interested in on Arrow is uh, The Last Starfighter. Because... Yeah. It's one of those movies that it's so up my wheelhouse. It's ridiculous, but I've never seen it. <laughs> like, never seen it. And I feel like a fraud, like an 80s fraud. <laughs> like, I need to yeah. see it. But at this point, I don't want to just see it. I want to consume everything about it. Yeah. So, like, I could just buy that version of The Last Starfighter and kind of... It's like you watch the movie. Sometimes watching a movie out of context of time isn't very fun. But if you can watch a bunch of supplemental material in the day when they were making it, and then you take it a step further and you get together like the group of people, and then they get to be interviewed again 30 years later or whatever. Oh, oh man. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that forever. Like That is just so interesting to me. Like here's here's the in-depth uh behind the scenes making of this movie in 1984 and here here's what we ha- here's what we think about the movie now with all the hindsight of 35 40 years you know we could kind of talk about it from a fresh perspective after stepping yeah. away from it for a long time and I I really dig the collections that that give you that really do and that's the that's why I mean, like for those, because, um, and, and why I've come to appreciate this movie talk is because that world is not, you know, most people are satisfied watching the movies and, and, you know, tying it kind of back into where you originally started going with some of the, you know, the movie theaters going back to where the way they are now, I think some of what we were talking about, especially during the pandemic and kind of coming back out of it, I mean, the the movies that you are seeing people go to are the big blockbusters. I, I, yeah, I don't feel like I've seen as many of the smaller. I mean, I'm, I know that they're still being shown in theaters here and there, but yeah, I mean, you're really well, it's not like seeing... massive talent. Like I really wanted to see that, but I was just not yeah. willing to go see it in theaters. Sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wasn't that interested in seeing it. Uh, and, but but five years ago, I totally would have gone to see that in theaters, you know, just because I just crave the experience so much. Well, and five, <clears throat> five years ago, you would have had a much better chance of seeing it 
because it would have still persisted at theaters maybe not for like a full 90 days like a, a yeah. blockbuster movie might or you know even a couple of months like uh, some of the bigger titles do but it's like you know i, I feel like if anything smaller i mean even the one that uh, uh the everything everywhere all at once um which was an a24 movie that is getting ready to come out on uh dvd blu-ray 4k on the 5th of july um that was that was a, a one that kind of came out of nowhere for me. I, saw, I remember seeing a trailer for it uh, and something I went to with my parents, and I was like, "What?" Because it, it's a multiverse, you know. It was it, it was tapping into that same kind of energy that Doctor Strange was, mm -hmm. but it. Uh, I'm not going to try and say his name because it's the guy that played Short Round and Data from Goonies. Mm. He he had been out of acting for decades. Is he in and that? He, he's in it. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, uh, he, I haven't seen him in anything since like head of the class. I have he, no idea he, what he's been up to. Well, because the the story that I, that I had and read, not the good seasons of head of the class, like the, no the the latter ones, <laughs> the latter ones. the uh, uh, I think it was just the last one actually. Um, but so uh, do you? Okay, can we can we have a bit of a uh, head of the class podcast moment now? <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. Now, we've talked about this, you and I, maybe not on this podcast, but offline. The difference, the jarring difference when you go from um, Howard Hessman's seasons of Head of the Class to Billy Conley's final season and how this things got sh were, were shaken up. Because uh, they, remember, they added like Argyle from Die Hard and... Yeah, yes. like you know, and then short round was one, and I appreciated seeing some of these guys, but I just, I just really was slogging through that final season of Head of the Class, and it, but it seems like the ones those seem to be the episodes they showed a ton of in syndication. You know, when I think of a lot of yeah. uh, Head of the Class episodes, for some reason, like a lot of those Billy, I would have sworn that Billy Connolly was at least two seasons. Oh yeah. Like, no. I, I, I thought, I mean, I, I could have sworn, oh, he must have been on the show for two, three years. Yeah. But no, it was just, it was the last season. Yeah, it was the last season. They just kind of, like, squeezed out. <laughs> well, and when you... Do I still want to do this now that Howard Hessman's like, no, okay, well, I mean, it's a hit. I guess we'll try to get one more season out of it. Probably and to that, get well, syndication. That, That's probably why they did that final season. That's one of those things about being able to binge watch some of those shows now is you have a whole different perspective on it because, you know, watching it in, you know, in real time week to week yeah. back then. Right. You know, right. even even uh, even the news that something would have been canceled wouldn't have been uh, wouldn't have been common knowledge. Until I mean, you had entertainment anymore. tonight, but I mean, yeah. I didn't watch it. I watched it, you know, fairly frequently, but not not like. Like not like I watch the news on my timeline on Twitter. Yeah, that gets watched like all day long. <laughs> you know, like and, I'll visit that multiple times a day just to see if anything yeah, news and, happened. Well, and, and you'll get. I mean, there's you updates, and you know, I'll, I'll have. I mean, you know, just even if I'm relatively uh, tame on and any kind of social media usage and on a, on a particular day, I was like, I, I still feel like. I have enough just interruptions where I'll get announcements or alerts and this and that to, 
you know, oh, this is happening, that's happening. And I'm like, oh, here, let me go check. Let me look into this. Or just, I mean, like, if something happens in, you know, in the world of pop culture or entertainment, you know, you or any number of other people is like, hey, did you hear such and such, you know, died? Or do you hear, oh, this? I was like, oh, if there's something big, it's like, you know, when, when Ray Liotta passed away, yeah, and I know it wasn't four minutes after he actually passed away, but it, I literally, I knew four minutes after the news had broken that Ray Liotta had passed away. I'm like, right, news travels I, that, so fast now. It's so wild to think that like when they decided to announce, hey, we've lost Ray, he's gone, right. he's passed on. I knew four minutes, two hundred like, and forty seconds later, you yeah. knew. <laughs> It's like okay, and it, and it wasn't something I went searching for. It was just I casually found out. Hey, right. Ray Liotta has passed away. Yeah, you don't and just so, like intermittently look up Ray Liotta death. No, I'm not like, huh? Let me Ray check the Ray blogs. <laughs> What's happening in Liotta's world today? Uh, I told you, you ought to just make a program where it's like scrapes all the news. It's gonna be easier yeah, for just, you. <laughs> What's happening in Ray Liotta's world today? But <laughs> just gets but it's like, it just gets sent to a Ray Liotta email. Uh, you know, Adam Peterson underscore Ray Liotta like that at gmail.com. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. Now I'm going to get an influx there, of emails please. from people. Yeah. Everybody's, oh, yeah. Oh, we got and you, got, you create a new Gmail for every celebrity you want to follow. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, just it's, crazy. it's an easy way of sorting things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, it's a lot of passwords to keep up with. Oh, my goodness, so, yeah. So yeah, so you you've um, so I I had the Disney World thing, and then you you have discovered this new group, uh, yes, this new tick. It's just, so it's just a TikTok community, right? It doesn't it hasn't it's not other social media platforms as well. It's just uh, a TikTok I mean, thing. I, there's a lot of guys. I mean, the link to you know, hey, here's my Twitter. Or here's what one of the things that it, makes I am it, an old fuck, in fact, and I do mostly search shit up on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> you know when it comes to like groups of people like it's reddit and then facebook and then like i don't know like at that point i'm just like what do i do <laughs> just stick my head the, out the window and <laughs> anybody heard the, anything about timothy chalamet today <laughs> i'll have to check my email yeah okay yeah <laughs> adam peterson adam peterson underscore timothy chalamet <laughs> <laughs> I really hope some people like start trying to send emails to that and just start get just, that return email like this shit don't exist. Be like, oh, they we, punked me again, those sons of bitches. Just start like Adam Peterson <laughs> underscore Judd Nelson at gmail.com. Like just really, you know, like, oh, wow, we're getting deep in there. <laughs> this is really Sandra fun kind of talking like this. Uh, kind of fills that void of the uh, in the office walk by. And, yes. And, uh, you know, we I, I, I enjoy... I was, yeah, I was talking to you just kind of like a state of the podcast sort of thing for a minute, I suppose. I was thinking like, I'd really like us to challenge ourselves and kind of come up with some new uh, like takes or twists on our, our format that, cause you know, we've changed formats a bit. Like we used to have like rotating bits and uh, a lot of lists like that was kind of yes. our thing for a long time. And then uh, we decided to change it up and, focus more on one single movie per episode. And I, I still like that better. Uh, I miss some of our little goofier segments like rad dads that we would do. Um, yeah. But, you know, in, in the process, it's like, well, why don't we just jump on, do a, a, a water cooler episode 
And in doing it, I'm like, it might not be bad to just try to do one of these a month. Just yeah. hop on, record an episode like, hey, this is what's going on with with what, you know, at least from our little corner of the world, like how we see things unfolding. And maybe we can talk about whatever movies we have seen, whether it doesn't even have to be theat, you know, like theatrical experiences could just be something like a Netflix movie that released like that Adam Sandler movie was, is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what's it called? Um, hustle, hustle. Yeah. And I think it's like, I think it's like co-produced with LeBron James or something or his, his production studio that he made, man. So, so good. And it's just like one of those things, like, you know, Adam Sandler has these performances in him yet. He still goes back to the goofy dick and fart jokes with his best pals. Uh, I mean, all of the accusation against Adam Sandler are absolutely true. Doesn't change the fact that I fucking love the guy. And oh yeah. I I whenever he does uh, go for the more serious dramatic role, he nails it. He usually nails it, and Hustles is no different. And uh, I I wasn't planning on talking about Hustle, but it it does seem to be liked by classic. Sandler comedy fans as well as even critics like seem to be like I thought I saw an article the other day that said that it was the highest rated uh, movie of his for both critics and fan critic like fan like audience scores like that kind of thing it's like I don't know if I buy that that seems bullshit <laughs> like it's still got to be happy Gilmore right I mean <laughs> he's still got to be up there as far as Sandler audience scores go but I don't know. I don't know if they're just talking about the the audience, like the the average Joes who take their movie reviews serious. So they're still kind of giving you a serious review, but they're just not these uptight, stuffy, circle jerk assholes, you know, that you get sometimes on the bigger well, media I know, sites. I mean, when he did Uncut Gems, I think a lot of people really realize that he has more dimensions than just Happy Gilmore and uh billy madison and things like that and and as much as i i mean i genuinely did not care for uh uncut gems just because it was just a fever dream of tension and like some people love that i'm like i i won't say it's a bad movie because it's what they were going for they did really well i just hated the presentation i don't want to go to a movie and feel that stressed out i'm going to a movie to get away from all the stresses that we already have in every day. Whatever I don't tricks to to- that a filmmaker could use to make you feel tension as a viewer, they really expertly. Oh my uh, gosh. I mean, it's like, I felt like I needed a prescription for anxiety medicine after I got out of the theater. <laughs> I was like, Holy Lord, what yeah. did I just watch? But it's yeah, like, no, it, you're, it, you're absolutely right. It, it's you, you can watch the movie and appreciate the, cause it's, it also has Adina. It was Adina Menzel. I think yeah. is her name, but yeah, she's in it plays like his wife. And uh, just you know, like a handful of recognizable people, but he's he's just going for it in 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 a way that you just typically don't see him go for it. And he's he does it like every ten or fifteen years. It seems like he'll just kind of put out this movie that's just more drama than comedy, and you're just like, wow, the guy the guy can emote. He can he can show all of the feelings in a believable way in a way that like a Robin Williams could always do without even trying like Robin Williams could be just the hilarious guy, but in the same movie, turn it on and be dramatic and just break your heart. 
Oh my you goodness, know, like, yeah. Just it, it is frustrating, I imagine, to a fan who just wants to see him rise above the bullshit and just start making good movies all the time. Whatever. I don't know. So let's start talking about uh, movies we've seen in theaters. And we, we started down the path of uh, Multiverse of Madness, so I guess we'll go ahead and go back to that. Uh, we've both seen it, uh, directed by Sam Raimi, and the movie totally feels like a Sam ha- Raimi kind of baby's first horror movie really i mean it's it's yeah. not scary in any way but it definitely has those uh hallmarks of a sam raimi horror film they're yes. there they're absolutely there which and they, was a the imagery they i mean I, they really push the bounds on some of it as far as you know they're even though everything in the mcu is pg-13 and i've taken the kids to see a lot of it it was one of those like this and Tucker still went with me, and he, you know, had no no issues with it. He yeah. enjoyed it. Neither uh, did Logan. Yeah, Neither he enjoyed Logan. it. But I would definitely not want to show it to Allison. It's not. Yeah, I think like it there's would be too intense for. There her. was stuff in there. that was like, it, it, you know, it's it, when you know other things that Sam Raimi has done. It's clearly still tamer, but it's definitely it definitely does have his flair for the horror genre. It's not far off from Dark Man. Honestly, yeah. like it's real close to Dark Man. It feels more Dark Man than Spider Man did, and Spider Man yeah. definitely had those Sam Raimi hallmarks, those touches that you just know you're watching a Sam Raimi film. But this felt more like Dark Man, uh, Evil Dead sort of style yeah. of humor. And of course, it never hurts to see Bruce, <laughs> Pizza Papa. <laughs> oh, that was. And then, I mean, the way they tied it in was... I went straight the, to that scene. Like, when I... The moment I saw that it was on Disney+, Plus, I just found that part. I <laughs> just scrubbed to that part and watched it. And, and it then was, scrubbed it was, to the end when he was, like, when the beating so finally perfect. ends. That <laughs> ending was so perfect with that. Because it was like, oh, this it's is such, such a... It's such a weird ending. Well, because it reminded, like... What, what was it? The end of... Uh, spider-man homecoming when they have the captain america um like play or whatever it it, it was knows they had to because he did all those psa oh the the, yeah the psa so it was one of those (laughs) very very um yeah it was very like um it's very tongue-in-cheek of them like okay this is how we're going to this is how we're going we're going to end it on this note i was like yeah i enjoyed that tremendously it was fantastic I, I fully agree. And, uh, you know, in, in, I, I couldn't help it be, this is just me personally, I couldn't help it be a little bit disappointed in Multiverse of Madness. I know it did well, and I'm glad it did well, but it did very little for me personally to satisfy this multiverse that they've been setting up for yeah. m- multiple movies now and multiple TV shows. And I feel like this was supposed to be that kind of high point. You know, like we're not we're not going to be done with the multiverse after this movie, but this is clearly establishing the multiverse. This is kind of the payoff, I guess is what I mean. Like the payoff between the next big Thanos encounter. The multiverse yeah. was supposed to bring all the like it's bringing in the Fox people. It's it's doing some cool things like we got Charlie Cox's uh, daredevil in a scene very yeah. cool you know like that's thanks to the multiverse and 
and Disney's acquisition of Fox. Like those things are starting to, to pay off a bit. Uh, but I don't feel like they paid off nearly as much as I thought, expected it to, I guess. I just really expected it to be a bigger payoff. And I feel like I've seen, I saw a handful of articles where um, people like Kevin Feige were starting to downplay the whole MCU has a plan um, like narrative that's really been ever, ever since the beginning because they pulled off the first Avengers movie so well. Yeah. Everybody just, and, and, and they seem to have a plan because they would lay out these phases and, you know, like it just seems so organized and that Kevin Feige was just this maestro, but now it's like, Oh, well, do they not like, maybe they had a plan up to Thanos and now they're really just winging it. And like, they want to, it's almost like they're kind of pre emptying like, damage control like hey we're sorry that this phase isn't paying off or living up to the previous phases because we really don't have much of a plan right now we lost our black panther and we lost our we lost iron man and captain america like we lost all these guys right in a row and now it's like i feel like this whole phase four has just been like throwing anything at the wall to see if it sticks in a way that warner brothers kind of does yeah but there's still the thing that the reason it's not collapsing like the DCEU would have just is even today is still collapsing with like Ezra Miller and that whole oh. sideshow of a situation. <laughs> I feel like that that the Flash movie had so much positive buzz heading towards its release. And now it's like we don't even know the movie's coming out anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, he was one of my favorite parts of uh, the Justice League. Yeah, Ezra like, Miller I, I has just, un- has just become so it, it, more more than any modern actor I can think of. Like, just just really come undone and like kind of yeah, like how really um, just like and for what like what what's pushing or driving him to this crazy self destructive behavior? But even Shia LaBeouf, who would do some weird shit, like even he. You know, like you'd hear these like weird stories. Like, well, he showed up with the sack on his head, and uh, yeah, he he pulled his tooth out, uh, is in in like to to I guess get in character for that tank movie that he was in with Brad Pitt. Just yeah, like oh Fury. well, that's in Fury, yeah. Which I liked him in. I thought he was good. Yeah, and I, and I I usually enjoy him. I really do. And Joaquin Phoenix is another dude who has like kind of like a weird sort of personal life that. Some I feel like there's a team of professionals keeping Joaquin out of the news. Yeah, but that same team that Ezra Miller has, like they this they took they took a couple weeks off, and now the dude's career is garbage at this point. I mean, yeah, he's I, he's done. I don't and even understand him. like the shit I'm reading about him. Like the last thing I read was, um, police raided his place, and he had like a whole bunch of like guns in his house or something and yeah there was like a like a like an infant baby that had a bullet in his mouth or some crazy yeah, shit like what it's on like, earth i know it's like what is happening with ezra miller like what and, is and, i mean woof. it's you know hard not, to defend not that, not that she was a prominent feature in uh, aquaman but he, i mean it's on the heels of all the amber heard johnny depp oh stuff, my gosh like, yeah the they're amber just like, heard, and, like you know yeah 
and then they can't DC, figure out. DC, you cannot doing catch with. a break, dude. They just cannot catch yeah. a break. And they can't figure Anytime out. Anytime they have any positive. Superman and Batman. Yeah. Like, uh. Well, I was like, I, I texted you and I said, right after the good, like the good positive momentum and buzz they had of the Suicide Squad and James Gunn and Peacemaker. And then, you know, like people are really excited to see Batgirl and, and Keaton's Batman in the Flash movie. And you got, you got The Rock, like, you know, he's going to be in his own superhero movie. Black Adam is coming out. Which Black Adam got looks good. Sh- it does. And, but it's, it's just like. Everything Marvel seems to have always touched just works good at worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It does. Even their like biggest failure is like it's still watchable. It's still fine. You know, movies like Eternals, uh whatever, Shang-Chi, like they're they're not like great, but I I certainly watched them to the end and didn't regret it. Um so and and Spider-Man homecoming was amazing like that was that was enough to make me feel like okay there's still something there's some juice left because that was great but i am a little concerned man well <laughs> the, being it, honest. it's it, i mean it really it really is because i've seen a couple of people kind of frame it this way um but it really it, you know when you look at who we started with with the avengers and you know we had iron man captain america hulk black widow hawkeye and thor we've moved in the direction of you now have an iteration of each of those characters in a younger fashion you have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. tom holland as as spider-man which is like the new iron man he's he's coming into this role where it's you know he's a a younger pseudo equivalent you can build with, around him yeah like you, you could, can like mcu built around iron man with with uh far with uh uh no way home you really cemented him well in the it, like he is he is now a flagship character yes. and he fits you know and, and having that uh that mentorship and that relationship with tony that really made him unique you know that they really wove does it count. together so well yeah so he fits that and then you've got anthony mackie as the new cap yep. you know you, you've established that in falcon and winter soldier um and now you've got she hulk which is getting ready to come out uh, yep. soon uh and then you have natalie portman coming in and reprise she's the the new thor yeah and thor love these thunder, are all exciting these are all exciting revelations I love all of that, but yeah, I feel like the MCU might be starting to show signs of stretching itself a little too thin, maybe with I, some of these series. Because I'll be I honest, think, I thought Multiverse yeah. of Madness looked like shit CG wise. Like I was watching that opening sequence where Ponytail, Doctor Strange, and America were being chased by that thing. I did yeah. not think that looked good at all. It looked, I mean, crappy is a strong word, but it didn't look much better than what they were offering on TV. What, um, what I don't love, and I forget exactly how, how it went, but there was, there was a different opening to that that they shot. And I think by cutting it out, they did themselves a disservice uh because I don't think the opening sequence like it was when I was like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a Marvel fan, and I will 
I, I enjoyed it. And I, I can say yeah. it's like, okay, on the in the scale of Marvel films, it's not one of the best. Well, but um, Benedict Cumberbatch is really likable as Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um and and the the new character America, uh, I feel like she, she the thing about her that sort of bothered me a little bit was the way she kind of would pose. She seemed to be like posing like a superhero more than yeah. the Avengers even do. Like I don't know. Like next time you watch her performance, she's in an action stance so much. But she but her whole character is the point of her is like she has no control over her power. So she's kind of just running for her life all the time. There's, and like, it's, I I know that there's, I mean, because at, at this point I'm, you know, I'm well outside whatever comfort zone I have as far as, I was, I mean, I read a handful of comics here and there. I, I, I was, when I was a kid, I was, I was a dedicated viewer of the Spider-Man animated series and the X-Men animated series. And I still have like four or five binders filled to the brim with comic book cards that I, I mean, I would pour over. So it's like oh, I, those I Marvel learned cards? a lot of. Sure. I learned a lot of the lore from those outlets, not necessarily in actual comic books. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's like I know that we're in territory that I'm not terribly familiar with. But like as a character, I'm like, okay, so her power is she can go from one universe to another. Right now, she can't control. But like even when she can, uh, I was just like okay but like what is it like so, i mean that would be it feels like one of those captain marvel kind of things where it's like okay like she would be helpful for other people like hey we need to go to this universe can you like can we bum a ride right like once you get there it's like then she's like okay so you're well, just like a teenage bye. girl now <laughs> i was like hey can you oh, do you just want to hang out with us for the rest of our adventure i guess that's cool but yes can, can you go to boba tea and make tiktok videos while we go save the universe <laughs> Because, like, you're a teenage girl, like, with no, like, yeah, not to say that she's, you know, she has no value, but it's like, no, right. I know where you're going with it. I totally understand what you're saying. Her power is a mode of transportation, more or less. Yeah. I didn't even understand the stakes with Black Widow. Like, they, you know, Strange is saying lines like, you know, and if she gains the power of crossing dimensions, she'll enslave, uh, like, all of the multiverses. And I'm like, that's not at all what she's even saying. Like she just wants to have a, an existence where her kids are there and that's her, her existential crisis doesn't become visible to her until she sees at the end, that scene that pays off where like she sees the stress that she's putting on the kids when she's basically trying to eliminate her other multiverse self, which is what, Doctor Strange and like everyone was just that's just the point they kept trying to make to even start with. But I guess she's got that curse on her and she can't see clearly. I don't know. It I well, feel like it should have tied together with WandaVision maybe a little better. <laughs> it was it was well that cuz I think I think that was and I think we we may have talked about this a bit offline. One of the things about Phase 4 that sticks out to me significantly is how disjointed it is. Like there's a little bit of connective tissue, but like that was one of the things that really made the first 23 films. And it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't like you got these massive overlaps. It was like, it was just a little end credits. Like that's why people stay to the The end end credit scenes was the collect, the connective tissue. And, and starting with Ultron, they started using the Avengers movies to connect. Yeah. And so like you would, you would get meaningful overlap, 
where you needed it for the stories to interconnect. And it's like, you know, you're getting that some here and there, but it's like, okay, I mean, other stuff, it's just like, okay, we introduced Shang-Chi. Yeah. And But at the he, same even, time, these individual characters have solo, like, franchises. Yeah. So like, and, I'm glad and, that I watched the original because I haven't seen I hadn't seen the first Doctor Strange uh, since honestly I think since it came out and I liked it fine it just wasn't one of my favorites so I didn't watch it anymore and time passes I was way more familiar with the more recent events in Mar in the MCU like Spider Man you know and, and then the new series that they've been showing on on Disney Plus. Uh, but I had forgotten about um, a lot of these characters important to just the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, and but but not completely like I always wondered they they had that actor in the like, you know, the the guy who lets him into the, you know, to meet uh, with the Supreme. Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, oh, Baron Mordo. Yeah. It, right. And he, he was like this big like there was this big buildup i feel like with him leading to be like a, an adversary for doctor strange and then he just disappears from the whole universe never that, to be that was what the opening it. sequence was supposed to be they were supposed to pick oh, up with that okay well and, and i love <clears throat> seeing him back and also seeing rachel mcadams back and also seeing the doctor who he was kind of at, at yeah. warring with you know like his rival at the hospital uh, a lot of these characters were just they they brought them back to have meaningful parts in this movie but if you've only seen that movie once and you'd forgotten about every bit of it uh yeah it helps that i, I went back and watched that so i could kind of well, familiarize myself that's that's kind of like even when you get to you know uh, uh, spoiler alert you get to um the post-credit scene where you have Charlize theron and you're like oh she shows up and yeah. I, I mean, I did, at, that was where it's like I have eclipsed. I mean, like I wasn't. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know a lot about Doctor Strange to begin with, but it's like yeah. okay, I had to go look. It's like who she's supposed to be because I don't know right. who she is. Oh, I have and to so do I that went, with like every time they do one of these because I'm not as <laughs> well versed as like you so or also, my buddy 4KJ. I go, I go, and I, I, I look. It's like oh, okay, so, but I'm like, well, but the thing is, like, yeah, you might have Doctor Strange in other movies here and there throughout the rest of this, but it's like. It's been six years since Doctor Strange was around, like since the Doctor Strange yeah. movie came out. So it's like, so the next time I'm going to see Charlize Theron and Doctor Strange do stuff is six years from now? Because it's I not like maybe Baron Mordo's been I showing mean, up and other stuff. You're just assuming that Charlize Theron is going to want to do something in five or six years still. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and like, that's, that's, part, that's part of it where it's like the, you know, we didn't know what was coming in the buildup and they, i mean they, they've done these shows really well i mean like the yeah. loki show is really great and i mean even oh yeah like uh, i really um, like those shows and WandaVision. i know that people are bitching about the way that she hulk looks but i guess my whole point with just the way that dr strange looked at times just didn't have that polish that i'm accustomed to in an mcu theatrical release well, and I think because uh, I think one of the other things I feel like they're starting to do because I've I've listened I've heard a lot of different other opinions on Doctor Strange because there's a lot of people that are really quick to just down on it, and I yeah. get it. Uh, I mean, there's a, like 
you know, story-wise, I mean, there's there's a there's decent holes in it. It's like, I mean, I I think it was one of those like how it should have ended, or just maybe maybe just kind of some animated uh, thing of how you could have ended Doctor Strange in five minutes. You're like, okay, so if we just take Wanda to one of the many universes where her children have no mom, then there's no problem. <laughs> you just go drop her off and he was like, oh, hey, this is the universe where Wanda Strange died. And Doctor should have the ability to be able to look for her and see that. <laughs> yeah. It was like, there's a number okay, of ways. Earth you... 2274, like your kids are suffering in an orphanage. You should just probably yeah, go your there kid, and bust like, them out. Oh, in that universe, Wanda died. So what, yeah. you know, like you got nothing holding you here. Why don't you just go to that universe? Right. I mean, like, so there's a lot happy. of those. Who knows? Vision may be alive in that universe. You don't yeah. know. <laughs> there's a lot of those multiverse, you know, the, the nuances the thing, too. of the multi- Like her descent into evil just didn't feel right. It didn't feel it, like. It, I mean, like they, they did it better over the course of the show where you knew that the character was heading on a, a, a bent that was different than what we wanted, sort of. But yeah. at the same time, it was like, I think it, it felt very similar to uh, Khaleesi in Game of Thrones, Ooh, where it's like all of yeah. a sudden it's like, oh, we just turned this corner and now she's a bad now guy. She's cute, like, now she's filleting innocent children in the streets. Yeah, I'm like, uh, <laughs> this seems like a hard left. And so, yeah. oh yeah, we've we've had like sixty episodes of one Khaleesi, and then we get two episodes of her as like the Mad King. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, well, that's a good got, that's a good comparison, man. You've got uh, Agnes. Um, what is it? The House of uh, whatever the the uh, Catherine Hahn. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, right. Uh, whatever her sh- they they have a show that's going to be focused on her character from WandaVision. So like oh, no there's kidding. more to that story that they apparently want to tell. Okay. But it's it's one of those where it's like okay is it going to give us backstory? I mean like is it yeah. do we need it? By the way, I liked her in that. I really enjoyed her. Oh yeah, she was she was I mean, a she's great always I mean, like good. But her you, her having fun as a villain is something I wouldn't mind seeing some more of. And you always knew, like, that was one of the things about it is like, okay, something here seems like it's not right. right. Like, you knew something was going to, like, eh, something about this character seems like. Which you assumed like, was why Wanda was off. I mean, yes, yeah, she's dealing with. Yeah. She's dealing with a traumatic thing in only, in, in a way that only a supernatural being can. You know, like, she's processing grief, but she has all these powers. She could be tipped to, you know, like, if she gets that. Uh, what is it? Dark hold. Yeah. You know, um, but I feel like at the, by the end of WandaVision, I feel like she was on an upswing. Yeah. She was kind of coming back around. She kind of feel so like she like, came back around, but here in multiverse of madness, she's like almost instantly uh, evil. Like there's like yeah, a few like, moments where they're having that conversation in the orchard. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, here's where Wanda gets to join in on, like, you know, we're gonna have Wanda and uh, Doctor Strange in a way that you would get uh, pairings in other, like, you know, movies, uh, like you had Doctor Strange and Spider Man and in Spider Man's movie. It's like here's here's our Marvel crossover character, but no, oh, well, she is the crossover character, but she's the villain. <laughs> well, and. and I- 
one of one of my other little beefs, especially with the theatrical stuff that Marvel's been doing as of late, is I feel like they've like it, like uh, what was it? they had uh, was it? I think it might have been No Way Home. I, there were there were a couple of movies towards the end of maybe it was towards the end of uh, of the whole End Game or I don't remember what it was, but Marvel was I mean like they were playing stuff real close to the vest. You know, keep trying to keep as much as they could, you mm-hmm. know, to where the reveals were really happening in the movie. And it feels like in phase four, like their marketing has really changed pretty dramatically to where it's like, I mean, like some of the, I mean, like, I don't know how many trailers they released for Dr. Strange, but they had TV spots and they had other, you know, they had ads. They were from giving other away countries. the good stuff. And, Dr. and I was Strange. like, yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. But right before the movie opened, like you find out, okay, you're going to have like the classic professor X in the yellow hover yeah. chair and that you're right. going to have captain and the theme. Da, 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 da. Yeah. It's like, you're, <laughs> and you're going to have captain, uh, uh, whatever, uh, you know, uh, Peggy Carter, as yeah. Captain Britain, Captain like, oh, Britain, that's from yeah. like, and so it's like, it's like you're starting to give away because I think one of the other things is like Multiverse of Madness. It felt like it was the expectations were set too high, and part of that yeah. is I think on the part of the fan base because it was like there was so much conjecture on who's oh who are going to be the cameos, what are going to like yeah, that, and part of that is on is Marvel's fault because I feel like they've really allowed the fan base to just go wild with like. Every movie I think is that's be why they're coming out with these statements about, hey, we don't have the plan that you think we have. I feel like yeah. they're just sort of getting out ahead of it early, uh, which is worrisome because, I mean, you know, like we, we, we've had – I think we've done a water killer where we just talked about, like, what could the MCU do going forward to get better? What can DC do better to get – you know, like those yeah. kinds of conversations. And I keep saying, like, X-Men, X-Men, X-Men. They got to get the X-Men going. <laughs> but even with the Fantastic Four, like, I, the reveal of John Krasinski, you know, spoiler alert, as um, uh, if Mr. – not Mr. Incredible, uh, Reed Richards. Uh, yeah. What's this, what's this fucking Bendy guy? I can't, well, I can't even think of his name. Uh, Mr. Fantastic? Mr. Fantastic, yeah. Just Mr. Fantastic. Okay, sorry. Um but yeah, so you got him appearing, and it and it, the way that it happens in the movie, it's supposed to be like you could tell it was meant for audiences to gasp for a few minutes, yeah, and exactly. awe. But like nobody did. Yeah, <laughs> I think somebody might have yelled, "It's Jim from the Office," <laughs> <laughs> and he's not well, wrong. Because <laughs> again, like the, I, one of the, I mean, some of the stuff, like they they were giving away the Illuminati stuff. And so I know, I mean, part of it's my own fault because I, I, I follow and subscribe to outlets that will really break down trailers. Yeah. Um, and so some of that I take, I take my own responsibility for cause I'm like, okay, you know, but like by including some of those things and not really keep it, like if they had kept the Illuminati part under their, under their cap, yeah, then, no because like you can say okay oh the illuminati well that i mean like they pretty much followed suit what the illuminati was from the comics and because there's other things like they've they've really teased um other cosmic entities 
in very background ways. Like there's a yeah. lot of things that I think they have coming down the pike because they've been they put it in Loki, they put it in the, in the Eternals. They've, they've put got the stuff, Celestials now. Yeah, they've put stuff, and because I, I, I was I saw something on Twitter today. I think there was even a, a still from another Thor trailer where it looks like they're introducing Celestials in the trailer. Mm. And it's like, okay, I mean, like, you have Gore Why the God Butcher. Why are you giving that away? <laughs> it's like, so, some of these things, yeah, it's like, okay, you guys used to really keep all this under wraps to where it's like the big reveal was in the movies. When and you I got don't there. mind like, that they revealed uh, Jane Austen coming back. Because yeah. they did the same thing with Hulk in Ragnarok, and that did not yeah. hurt it. I I saw that. Yes! Like, you know, that reaction from Thor oh, when yeah. he sees him. It's so good. And it played so great in the first like movie, like trailer viewing experience I had, and I saw that like probably fifty times before I saw it in the actual movie, and it still was fun. Like, you know, it was still yeah, it was still great. Even when I watch it at home, it's still great. It wasn't like yeah, yeah, yeah. Seen this fucking scene, blah blah blah. It's still fun, still fun. So I have I have hope for Thor, uh, uh, Love and Thunder. I I feel like some people are trying to already discredit like uh, point out things like reshoots and things to temper to expectations that worries me a little bit uh, yeah but i, I think it's going to be good I, I think chris Hemsworth i think it'll do is, well he's owning the thor character in a way that you know like we we've talked about in the past like some actors just really seem to own characters and make yeah. them personally their own and I feel like he, he brought he wants thor to, to life thor he really did yeah, and you know, and and it's wild because you see guys like uh, Chris Evans. Have you seen the news with him? Like he seems to be floating the idea of him be reprising his Human Torch role, which would be really weird if they did. You yeah, know, taking us the same actor is not not like a side character, like the one of the cornerstones of the Avengers. <laughs> like I don't know if that could actually work, but. It is interesting that he has like shown he has interest in the MCU still. She's bored with Captain America, it sounds like. Um which I can understand because Captain America really kind of is a one trick pony. Yeah. He's just a really strong super soldier with like that 50s sort of attitude, you know, like he's still in the past. Um but anyways, yeah, get Multiverse of Madness fine it's a fine movie i really appreciated all of the uh sam raimi touches i i liked it the the zombie stuff towards the end really felt like sam raimi was just going this is my movie now <laughs> yeah that was fun that was a yeah, fun was nod fun. too for him to just like all right i'm gonna own this now Mm-hmm. pretty much um so like i guess so like let's talk about the next movie um uh let's see do you do you want to go forward with one of yours or do you want me to pick go we, we let's talk about top gun maverick um because that might have like time wise in the timeline of release dates i think that yeah would be, like the next and i i've, I've still that's that's one that i've not seen yet i'm i need to go see it so yeah I've, top I've, gun uh a movie that had been delayed off delayed in a way almost kind of like how uh tomorrow never dies was getting pushed and delayed. Like it was really important to Tom Cruise. Like he had that, he still has that 
power to say, no, 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 this movie is not going to go to streaming. It's going to be a theatrical. Like he had that sway still. So like that was just never going to get going just straight to Paramount Plus. And it paid off like so big for them that they did wait because the movie is still like just gobbling up. I mean, it's 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 flying at Mach 10 like towards a billion dollars, you know. Oh, it's yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Like, a Tom Cruise movie is going to make a billion dollars. He's made so many, like, $100 million flicks, but he's never come that close to a billion, I don't think. And here he is. He's got this movie, and it, the hype, of, as far as critics go, is like, ever like, Rotten Tomatoes in the high 90s, you know, is sitting at, like, 100% for a long time. And the word of mouth, nobody would say a bad thing about it from people that I know personally is like, and some people would even claim that it's like their favorite movie ever, which is for me, like, wow, that's, I take notice when people start saying stuff like that. Cause I mean, I never, when I see a new movie that I like, even though I'm really excited in theaters, I will never say that that's my favorite movie. Cause I really have to evaluate that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, have- I really like this movie better than back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> I had um, I had a buddy came not. out. He told me um, that he was like, "Oh man, I loved it more than Avengers: Endgame and Empire wow. Strikes Back." And I was like, "Holy crap! Are you freaking serious right now?" Yeah. Like, I mean, I know that well, this one touches a lot of. I mean, is like, I mean, just knocks it out of the park on the nostalgia scale while still yeah. balancing a good, you know, meaningful story that's well executed in twenty twenty two. I was like, holy, that's, that's, that's I feel like it's sizable. the same phenomenon as um, uh, Force Awakens. That yeah. movie, everybody had a, nothing but good things to say about it when it came out. Because it really seemed to be taking the old and blending with something new in a really exciting way. And then things just didn't turn out the way most people liked so that movie has cooled off in a lot of people's opinions i feel like a lot of people don't look at force awakens as one of the better movies anymore i don't think like there it's almost like prequel territory (laughs) getting close and with this movie i feel like there's going to be a similar reevaluation because i'm here to tell you like i enjoyed it and i saw it in imax and the all of the action sequences are great it, and it's an exciting perspective. Like they got, like, it looks like Tom Cruise is flying those planes. All the action is great, but it's not any sort of thing that you haven't seen before. <laughs> I think yeah. if anything, it's, it feels like it's, there's the nostalgia of it being Tom Cruise flying in a, you know, a plane again, a fighter plane. But at the same time, it's not a superhero movie. And, it, I think it's just, it felt like, it feels like a novelty. Like, you don't see movies like this much anymore. Like, if there's going to be a big summer tentpole movie, it's got to be a superhero movie. Uh, it's just, or or an animated film, right? <laughs> or Fast yeah. and the Furious. Those are it. And the fact that something came along and was good, people are just starving for something, too. Like, I think people are yeah. just starving for an exciting movie to go see in theaters again. So... Is it is it good? Yes, I think it's good. Is it very good? It might be. I need to see it again. Like I'm looking forward to that 
Paramount Plus premiere, you know, when that window closes and I can watch it again. Yeah. I want to watch it again with a more, because I've watched it that first time and it was, it was cool to see Maverick and it was cool to see Ice and it was, you know, uh, and, and, and John Hamm really brings a lot, like his character feels like it belongs in that Top Gun world. A couple other characters who are older characters that feel like they probably came out of the first Top Gun movie, but maybe in a way, like, you know, like there's that connective tissue that we like to talk about. It's like, I don't really there's recognize no this guy, Skerritt. but he looks like he probably was in the first movie. <laughs> there's no Tom Skerritt though. I'm afraid uh, and that's, that's, that's just real, too bad. That's just a real bummer. <clears throat> but you know, it, it has a satisfying conclusion. Um, it, it does hit all the right beats. Uh, the only thing I'll take it to task for is the timing doesn't feel right because the story is so we know goose had young kids yeah right he and meg ryan's character they had kids because you know they visited goose uh and like you know the little boy i guess who ends up being um rooster you know he's got like the transformer toy like he's a little kid there yeah and this so but Miles Teller is not that old. And well, I'm yeah, like, Top Gun is he was supposed to be like 50 in this movie? Like, what is the timeline here? I don't understand. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Rooster should have been at least 40 years old in this movie, but he clearly looks like he's in his early 20s. <laughs> yeah, because even, even if he was an infant in 1986, yeah. that would make him, what, 36 years old now? Right. If he was an infant in 1986, that would make him 36 years now. Right. Exactly. And I don't think he was necessarily an infant. I think he might have at least been three or four. But anyways, whatever, whatever. You know, whether I'm right or wrong on that, it just seems like maybe they should have had like a retroactive date. You know, like this movie takes place in the year 2008. And then if they wanted, they could have aged him up with some little gray and they could have yeah. still had Miles Teller play like, and at the end of the movie, they fast forward to present. I don't know. They could have had some little sh- cheesy, schmaltzy ending, but they didn't. I like the movie we got, <clears throat> but I will say, you know, like sometimes, and I've noticed this with you, if you don't mind me saying, you will rebel against something that everyone seems to universally love. Yes. And I do it somewhat, but you do it more than me. I do. And I think this is one of those instances where you'd be justified to say I don't I don't think it's as good as what the general public seem to be saying it is as good. I think people just want to say it's good. I think I think people are just projecting what they want really hard. <laughs> like I said I loved the first Transformers movie. Going back and watching it now, I still kind of enjoy it, but I admit it's not great. But when the yeah. first Transformers movie came out, I was so ex- I was so happy that it didn't just suck. And that it made a lot of money, and I knew a lot of money meant the start of a franchise. Yeah, more Transformers more. movies would be coming. Uh, I probably built it up more in my head and to my friends. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's that kind of. Oh, effect. absolutely. But I do recommend checking it out. It is a t- it. It's a good action movie. It's a return to that Bruckheimer, uh, you know, sort of film, and the director who was. Uh, uh, oh god he died uh his brother was his was it his brother was a producer maybe because the director was like the guy who did that new chris hemsworth movie 
the spider head. Oh and yeah. He did. He did oblivion with, uh, Tom Cruise. With Tom Cruise. Yeah. And, yeah. There's that connection, but he's like a director. That's, I feel like not a, not a guy who you would attach like a huge blockbuster. He sort of rose to the occasion and the, the celebrity of Tom Cruise also elevated it. And again, people are just excited to get back into theaters. Like there was a lot of things that went right. And by the way, Multiverse of Madness was no slouch at the box office. Like it did really yeah. good. It did really good. Um, so, anyways, that that's sort of my little talk about Top Gun. I don't want. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I, I I wanted to make sure I'd let you know that I don't think yeah. you missed. Like you don't need to go see this movie in theaters. Like I think with some of the flying sequences, it might make it a little more enjoyable to see it on a yeah. big, big screen, but. It's it's not like it's not like I feel like I need to go see a Star Wars movie in theaters. Like I need to go see um, a Marvel movie in theaters. Like I don't feel like I needed to go see Top Gun in theaters. Like I could have been just as much enjoyed it on streaming only. It would have felt like the same movie. So I have I have it pre ordered. So I, that that may be one of those things that you know because it it can't be. I mean that was May twenty seventh. So that was. Almost a month ago, so you're talking oh, maybe a couple more weeks until we hit, um, till we hit streaming for that one. I'd imagine, probably a, a, another couple. I, of, I did look maybe. it up, and I I do remember thinking like it's coming pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I would think maybe so that, like early early July. We'll exactly. See that. Oh, couldn't you just see it being like a big Fourth of July? Like yeah, I mean Fourth of July would be a really great time to. Hey, Fourth of July weekend, you know, Top Gun Maverick. Is there anything more American than Top Gun Maverick? That Not would right that now. would that would get some good numbers for uh, Paramount Plus subscriptions, I'd imagine. It well, good point, good point. They probably could get a few yeah. more subscriptions out of that. By just the word of mouth, is still strong. And by the way, Top Gun Maverick is still like the third highest grossing movie. Like, there's another movie on my list that we'll talk about a little bit later, but it I think it beat that movie Mavericks did, or at least was close. Yeah. The movie, I think we're, I have a feeling we're going to talk about next actually was first in the box office last week at, at a little bit of a surprise. So anyways, what, what movie do you, do you want to bring up? Well, I think the only other one that I have seen as of, as of late is the one that I went and saw just this past Tuesday uh, with Tucker was Jurassic Park Dominion. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to bring up. Which um, got roasted by critics, had a huge opening, and a big second week outgrossing Lightyear to a lot of people's yeah, surprise. Yeah, I mean, I like, and I mean, like, because I've, I mean, I'm, I mean, I will say nothing but wonderful things about Jurassic Park. I mean, really, even the whole franchise, all five, mm-hmm. you know, six movies now, like, you know, the. Jurassic Park three was not great. Um, I tend to cool off on the third because <laughs> yes, you're right. Three three did not interest. I I still haven't even seen it completely. Like that's how like little interest I had in it by that point. Yeah. Even knowing that Doctor Grant was going to be back for it, I just wasn't interested. And then World uh, came out and was so fun and good. And then Fallen Kingdom came out and I was really kind of like. Meh with Fallen Kingdom. <laughs> well, they, that, I, was, I completely forgot about the Clone Girl subplot. 
Yeah. Like, oh, that's right. That's kind of a big. That was kind of a big reveal. And interesting. Well, and like, I'm not even like gonna like knock him for like bringing like that is an interesting thing to do. Uh, I feel like maybe you and I even had this conversation, or I had it with somebody about how when shit happens in real life. Like when you see something in a movie happen, sometimes real life's not that far behind. <laughs> yeah. And we were cloning sheep when the whole Jurassic Park yep. phenomenon. Dolly. Yeah, we had cloned a sheep. And then we all just decided to stop talking about cloning. Yeah. But I'm telling you, scientists didn't just stop. <laughs> like, you know, it wouldn't. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't shock me if. The news came out tomorrow that there was like a 20 year old clone man living his life, you know, just, like some ch- dude just chilling, clone. hanging out. Yeah. Like, who stops at sheep? It doesn't make sense. Like, well, <laughs> we made one extra sheep. That's all we need to do. <laughs> We're, let's shut down the cloning technology. We did it, everybody. We made hey guys, we landed we did on it on the moon. <laughs> Nailed. It. Yeah. I mean, I was listening to people have that conversation the other day. Um, yeah. I think it was, it was on Nate Bargatze's podcast. It was not a recent episode. It was from a little while back when they were talking talking about the moon. It was like, why have we not gone back? And people were like, because well, people lost interest. And it was like, right. we just like, we went we there. Did it. And that we're was done. That, we did it. Okay, check it off the bucket list. We did like, go back to the moon several more times, but like nobody just cared after But yeah, now, now it's like, ah, moon, that's old news. We've done the moon. We don't. What, you think you're better than me? To... You walked on the moon. <laughs> like, we're good. We're good. Yeah. We did. The, yeah. the moon thing is old news. It really is. So, and like with the Discover program ending, it's just like, ah, uh, I mean, if it wasn't for people like, you know, uh, uh, Tesla guy, why well, well, can't I think of his name? Elon Musk. Yeah. If it wasn't for like people like Elon Musk, like starting up their own private space program. Yeah. It wouldn't even be something we're talking about anymore. <laughs> so yeah. I am glad to see people still pushing those you know, limits. And I know that NASA, like they, they, I know they've sent probes and like friggin' like ships to other planets. And there's, it's like, they've gone away, but just fewer and fewer people give a shit, sadly. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Jurassic, Jurassic, uh, world dominion. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me your, uh, I know, I know that you said that the boys enjoyed it, right? That they liked oh, it. I mean, and that it you, was, you were high, you were, you were, I've got the feeling you were really a big fan of it. I, oh, cause the, the first Jurassic world and Jurassic world fallen kingdom to me felt like they were following in the same footsteps as like force awakens and, uh, the last Jedi, where it was like, okay, mm-hmm. we got this whole new opportunity. We're going to make new movies of dinosaurs. We got new technology we got Chris Pratt. Who's a big star. We got, okay, this is going to be amazing. And then you have Jurassic World, which, I mean, is a lot like the first Jurassic Park. A lot. I mean, it has its it has differences. But then you have it's it's effective like Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, the beats, the beats are really similar. But they whatever that it is that, you know, that Jurassic Park had, it was able to replicate it. Yeah, I think I think I I rewatched Jurassic World the other day. And, you know, and, and like the, you know, the catalyst for Jurassic Park was Dennis Nedry. He's, oh, hey, mm-hmm. yeah, he was doing something nefarious. He was doing something he shouldn't. And so right. he was, he, you know, he was the 
the stick in the spokes, the, you know, wrench in the gears kind of, oh no. And really and truly like rewatching Jurassic World, you know, what happens is you, you have that scene where you, Chris Pratt, he's, they bring him to come check out the enclosure yeah. and they're like, hey, where is the dinosaur? And they're like, we can't find her. And if you're going to point out how stupid that was, I agree with you 100%. <laughs> like, the, like, they're like, oh, we can't find her. Like, it's so, and then, it's so far-fetched that they would be that dumb. <laughs> well, it's like, because Bryce tells Howard is driving 100 miles an hour to get to the, I mean, like, first of all, why you can't access any of this outside of their main hub, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, don't like, know. they've got... Everything's like super technologyed out. It's like yeah. it's brought to you by Verizon. You guys don't have a touchpad here. They're like, oh, we can't access that here. I have to physically drive back to that, that other building. Really stood out like, like and rubbed me what? big time. And I'm like, well, like, and then no, there's no way they wouldn't first check with like because you know like they had like the the tech guys who could track all the dinosaurs like Jake Johnson yeah. and well they, and and that, they that's what she first does check with them. <laughs> You just jump in your car and take them. off at a hundred miles. <laughs> she calls I mean, him. She's like, "Hey, where's? Hey, I need you to check on the Adamus Rex right now." And he's like, "It's still in the pen. Why? What's the problem?" Right. And he's like, "What? <laughs> it's still in the pen." Yeah. Like, why are you driving at all? Why is this a thing? And then, then you cut to the scene where it's like you got Chris Pratt and the other two guys go into the pen. Like, yeah. what? They just waltz like, in there. Why don't you wait like 10 the minutes? That cop who you know is going to die. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, okay, these two are just here oh, for the dinosaur to eat. Yeah. And I was like, it's and I'm so like, ham fisted the way they get, the way that they generate the, the, because I was like, okay, if you, do, if like, if these guys wait five minutes until they hear, like, oh, no, 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 no. we checked with the tech guys, it's right. still in there. Right. And it's like, oh, I can't see it. It's like, well, we if verified I have a it's huge in there. pick with the movie, that's, definitely the big one. I mean, I mean you can nitpick like, a lot of other things too i'm sure but that felt so unbelievable well and then because the explanation was we did use some cuttlefish dna and cuttlefish can they can like really <laughs> that's oh, your right i was like yeah i was like okay whatever and i didn't like how like bd wong suddenly is this mad like oh mad, yeah he like, was like frankenstein all of a sudden he's a type. bad guy yeah, they made him a bad guy. <laughs> Dr. Like, Moreau level. Like, this is a guy. deep cut from the first Jurassic Park. Like, why did he no. all of a sudden have to be a. And then, then you have the second one. And the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is essentially Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. Yes. They like, have you to go have. What, what, what? Uh, we have to go back to the island, right? <laughs> we got to go back to the island. We got an evil rich guy who's trying to what? bring the dinosaurs Blue. here. Like, that's basically why Chris. And I'm free, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but isn't like getting Blue back the kind of the whole point of the third one? <laughs> well, like, the, that's why Chris Pratt is still involved in the. Like, uh, Blue, my, di my dinosaur, man. What? I love that scene in Jurassic World where the raptors sort of turn. And yeah. all hell breaks loose, and yeah. he he spots one of the raptors, and he kind of like he, he he you could tell that he kind of recognizes the Chris Pratt character, and he's he doesn't seem like he's gonna be aggressive towards him, but then you see this fucking rocket from the background come flying in and just blows up this raptor. Yeah, <laughs> and Chris Pratt is just like, what? 
I know. He's just like his his reaction is perfect. It's like I can't believe I just saw my raptor get blown up. Who well, fired know, that rocket? <laughs> I know one one of one of the things, and it didn't ruin it for me, but it, it is funny when because <laughs> I was aware of it as I was going into Dominion. But I was like, so essentially the Jurassic World movies are just Chris Pratt cautiously reaching out his hand to tell oh, every dinosaur it's every okay. Every dinosaur. And it's the, so, like, whoa, that was... Whoa, 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 <laughs> That was kind of funny to me. And so, but, like... I saw in the trailer he's doing it with a T-Rex, and I'm like... Yeah, uh, he's, he's like, every, I'd be like, that's just his thing. Like, any dinosaur, I will just put couple, my hand out. There's a couple rabbits, uh, raccoons. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this is my hand. Do you see my hand? Yeah. Are you aware of no, that is Chris, my hand? They're not giving Chris Pratt a whole lot to do <laughs> with the dinosaurs. Yeah, so, but, it, like, I... I did really appreciate how, like, it, uh, like, uh, one of the things that was really surprising to me is, like, how much people really wanted to hate on Dominion. Because it was like, uh, yeah. I was like, okay, I, I mean, Jurassic World was a lot of fun. It was like, it really wasn't very, I mean, if I, it, it, same kind of thing as a lot of other stuff. Like, if I want to pick it apart, it's not hard to. Like, the, not there were plenty of flaws. No. I was like, if I just want to turn on Jurassic World and watch dinosaurs run around and have it be, you know, a fun, exciting adventure with dinosaurs. I can enjoy it on that level, and it's a lot of fun. And even I mean, Fallen you, Kingdom, you haven't watched a lot of movies with me, but like, I when, if I get really wrapped up in the movie, like the part where Bryce Dallas Howard tells Jake Johnson to open up that uh, paddock with T Rex. Oh he's yeah, kind of doing it in slow motion, and she's got that damn flare, dude. I just screamed out, "Let's go, fucking T Rex!" Like I was yeah. so excited to see that. Oh, because like, I know, love from the first movie, and that's that's kind of nostalgic and everything. But uh, that was it one of my felt favorite like parts. Such a worthy of, adversary to the Adonis Rex. Like here comes well, T Rex. That that was one of the things that they really embraced because like you had T Rex in the first one, and that was such a that was such a cool thing because I mean, especially when you do the behind the scenes stuff and you realize, okay, like you've got the birth of really good CGI. Yeah, and like the it's I mean, a marriage of. Like the the most believable CGI to date, and some wonderful, Sam, and the like most amazing animatronics yeah. and puppetry. Yeah, I was exactly. like, it was the, it was the best of both worlds, truly. Because it felt, I mean, I didn't do a lot of research. I mean, I watched the trailers and stuff, but like, I didn't do a lot of research or follow a lot of stuff about Dominion going into it. I didn't do it intentionally. It was just, you know, when the trailers would come out, I would watch them. And if I heard updates, there just wasn't a lot about it that I felt like mm-hmm. that they were really publicizing. It was just like, we're doing another one. It's going to come out. Eventually. We're doing another one, and Blue's yeah. going to be back, and, and, and so, so, so is the original like, okay. gang. Yeah. And it, like, it felt like they actually had a, an interesting enough premise. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, now the world, there's just dinosaurs in the world. I mean, like, the yeah. part of it was like, it was now like okay. It's, now we have to coexist with them. That's yeah. the consequences so, of Fallen Kingdom. And there, there were things. There were connective and man's tissue. Hubris. There was connective tissue from this one to like original Jurassic Park stuff that I really enjoyed. Good. Like, well, the, that's what Jurassic um, World not, did so well too. Like when they would stumble upon the old um, base with the Jeep Wranglers from the original yeah. Jurassic Park, and they're just you know the 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 just the the island had reclaimed it and just there's just vines everywhere yeah and they get it started up and they're driving like it was fun it was just fun to see it's such a little easy to like touch that just feels 
not forced. You know, like you got to handle it just right. Well, and at the very be- it's not giving anything away. It was it was one of those things. It was like I I don't think a lot of people would necessarily. I mean, unless you're like a big Jurassic Park fan, I don't know that you would necessarily totally catch it. Um, but like at the beginning of the movie, uh, you have because you have all these dinosaurs and you have all this 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 new world that we're living in, and you have this company Biosyn that's run by Lewis Dodgson, <laughs> and Lewis Dodgson is the guy that goes to meet with Dennis Nedry in the first one where he's like Dodgson we got Dodgson here oh See, yeah nobody yeah. cares Ned yeah right so I'm the like guy on the island Holy crap, it's Dodgson. brings them the shaving cream thing it was like that was the company that he was trying to huh. take his you know the Barbasol oh, can I, you know as he movie was, fans we really appreciate those little touches oh yeah and, and there, like I mean, when there you were, see like Waylon Yutani on a like, crate yeah. or something, you know what I mean? Just like a little, little things like that. Like, <gasps> so it's the same world. There was, there was a bunch of stuff like that, that I, that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then it was just like, I mean, there, I mean, it was dinosaurs. I mean, they were, they brought back yes. dinosaurs. Um, oh my God. That, there's, I mean, I love the way that they have. And it was good too. In, in Jurassic world, I was noticing the, the, the physicality of the raptors is so good. And I love how they like run the way that they kind of have the animations of them running and they're, they're using like standard uh, type camera movements along with yeah. the CG just looks really good and convincing. And as long as you're pulling that off, who gives a shit what's happening? Like I want to just see, you know, people were saying like, Oh, well the, 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 you know, the, this movie's destined to bomb, and it, you know, it's just, especially after Top Gun Maverick, where people were just so in love with that, and Jurassic World, here it comes, and like, well, you know, it was number one in the box office, but, you know, next week's gonna be bad, and then here it comes out of the, you know, it's it's just yeah, hanging was, on. People like, want to see it still. Well, and even though because I'd seen guess it in- what, it's people and dinosaurs. It's the promise of, it's it's. It's like that scene from two when the T-Rex comes to New York and it's yeah. kind of like it's played almost a little campy at times. And you're it evokes it's meant to evoke like the King Kong in New York sort of imagery. But that that was just like a one off thing. Like, what the fuck were the consequences of this T-Rex? Because you know what I mean? Like Jurassic Park happens. You get the feeling like the general public just are, isn't aware of what's happening on yeah. the island, you know, because the whole thing is. Hey, this park is almost up and running. Let's bring these guys in to make sure everything's like make sure we're doing the right thing. Park goes the things go bad. The park never opens. Second one, uh, they're there. Uh, you know, like they're it's, it's just more or less to I mean, now. I'm trying to remember like why were they? They were there to capture dinosaurs, basically. I guess there was this, well, there was because there was a second island where they bred the dinosaurs and they brought them over yeah. to. The island there was Ilsa Sorna and Ilsa Nublar, yeah. And they they bred all the dinosaurs on one island, brought them over to the park, on the other. And so they were going to try and go in because that was the whole thing with John Hammond as he had gone from capitalist to humanitarian in like three years. I forget the the line that Ian Malcolm had, but because he I'll had tell sent- you one thing I really enjoyed. So like I guess where I'm going with this like so first Jurassic Park probably nobody's aware of it second Jurassic Park surely the world because I mean the internet's almost a thing 
when Jurassic like the Lost World comes out. It's not quite yeah. a thing, but CNN like around the clock news like you you're not going to not know that dinosaurs exist now. You know, like there's a T Rex oh, yeah. in New York. You're not going to keep that or story or San Diego. Around. Maybe it wasn't New York, but it was like a big. It might have been it like was San, San Diego. Diego yeah, yeah. Okay. Anyway, now everybody knows the cat's out of the bag. The third one is uh you know it since I haven't seen it, it's sort of a blind spot for me. Like I don't. All I know is that. uh there's a family, I guess. There's like, or or like a kid is in danger, and then they they basically enlist the services of Doctor Grant to come and, and save the kid. Right? Basically, <laughs> is that more or less what it is? Like a rescue mission movie? Yeah. There's there's a kid who um, he goes with his stepdad at the beginning on this parasailing, and he's the kid's super into dinosaurs, and so people like it's. Uh, there people offer oh dinosaur tour, so he goes in this thing, and what happens is the they get they get too close to the island, so he gets caught there, and so Tay Leone and William H Macy are his, they're divorced, and they're the the boy's uh, parents, and they pose as these wealthy individuals who want to go take a tour of this island, mm-hmm. and so they finally convince Doctor Grant that they're going to give him all this money, and he all they're just going to fly over. And he's going to tell them about the dinosaurs, and that's that. Well, yeah. then they land, and he's like, "What?" Well, then everything just goes wrong because it's an island full of dinosaurs right. that they can't control. Right. And so, okay, so they have that, to rescue the kid, that, and that that's like a smaller, like scaled down adventure, but still exciting. Then, of course, Jurassic World happens. Everybody is now like, even though the thing in San Diego happened. Yeah, I'm surely surely the story probably got out in the news about what happened in the third Jurassic Park movie, I guess, Um, because then you really did have like the Internet was available and stuff. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, Third one or the I'm sorry, the fourth one rebooting the franchise. Everybody's on board with going to this new Jurassic Park Island. Right. Like whatever whatever issues they had in the first movie. Uh, people are just willing to just forgive and forget like, oh, I'm sure they got it now. Yeah. It's been operating <laughs> successfully for sending, some time. Yeah. And, and things are going just fine. And if it wasn't for the, like they, they just were like, whoa, the, the these dinosaurs are just too boring anymore. Like we need AT&T to sponsor like a new dinosaur that we created. <laughs> Whatever. I, it, it doesn't matter. And the, and the second one, one thing I will, I did enjoy about that storyline was, it was playing out through the news, and of course, it was being politicized about the dinosaurs. Like we have, like yes, they went extinct, and by some, well, thanks to science, and uh, you know, like some people may just look at it as a miracle. Like dinosaurs are back, and there's all this campaigning politically to like save the dinosaurs. Like they're they're raising awareness for the dinosaurs. There's dinosaur animal groups, and there's like vets dinosaur vets who've gone to college to become but they've never even actually seen a dinosaur you know but i'm a vet i'm a dinosaur vet i've never seen a dinosaur and you know they were like saying in the movies like the current like there's a generation that has grown up that has never known never not known a world with dinosaurs in it and they're about to lose them again uh please stop that from happening let's say the dinosaurs it's not a bad concept but the way the way it just goes down though like i just couldn't stand it it's like ugh, so stupid you got the whole clone story you got like oh it just boils down to wealthy people wanting to sell off the dinosaurs to the highest bidder i guess 
well, what and could go wrong? The <laughs> the the, the story. I felt like the story in the third one, this in Dominion. I felt like yeah. it held up decent. I felt like okay. you know, I was like, because there's one of those things like, okay, it's the sixth entry in a franchise. You know, yeah. it's the oh, it's yeah. the th- it's the third part of a second trilogy. I was like, we're not that never we're had not gonna... a fast five moment to reinvigorate yeah. itself. It's like, like it's we're, just... I mean, <laughs> this is not going to be some incredible film. But yeah. it was like, I will say, because I was talking about this the other day, I said, you know, I was recommending it. It was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably check it out. You know, I didn't totally love Fallen Kingdom. And I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed Jurassic World. Fallen Kingdom was okay. I mean, it, it yeah. definitely had its faults. <laughs> but yeah. it cooled me on the franchise is all I'll say on it. It's like, yeah, it was it's not like I said, I'll never see another Jurassic World movie. Because like I saw the trailers for Dominion and was like, that looks cool. Well, I, I want to see this, and I still plan to go see it. I just don't know when I'm going to see it yet. I I feel like it's the first time that a franchise has brought back original characters and really married them into the story and the framework of the entirety of it really Man, well. Hearing like, that is worth checking the movie out because that's that was the promise in Star Wars that they really didn't land. Yeah, because like you, At I mean, all. you actually like when they when they advertised Malcolm in Fallen Kingdom, he yeah. had like a little monologue at the end yeah. when he was in. It co- was a was fake like, out. You thought he was going like, to be in it more. He's not in the movie. Not really. It's like you. He get is. He Alan has his Grant. scene, but that's it. Yeah, you get Ellie Sadler. You get Ian Malcolm. They're in the movie and they have roles, and it's not just like oh here's his cameo. Like no, there's plot lines and there's yeah. And, and they have and there's exchanges and and th- and things overlap and it's like and it's it's when I was like I'm sure if I sat down and I wanted to dissect it as like it doesn't feel as easily like I could pull apart as easily as like with, with Jurassic World where it's like okay if you didn't do this then okay this is not a thing. right right I was like you you it comes from like and it's I, was, I mean some of the stuff that I really enjoyed was they had the same dinosaurs that you've seen before, and they brought back Dilophosaurus, the spitters. They're mm-hmm. back. Um, and they have new dinosaurs. They have dinosaurs that we haven't seen before. They have dinosaurs cool. that have been... And they have new made-up dinosaurs. And so I was like, okay, this is this is. Let me a ask whole... you this. Let me ask you this. So does the movie feel like they are consciously closing a ch- like closing this up, or did they... Do you think they had enough confidence in it to leave it open for an, a fourth in this particular storyline? Or it, do you think the, I felt like, like how, they how does the movie up, feel like? Does it? How does it feel like it takes itself? Do you think? I, the, like they at the end, <clears throat> they really kind of had like here's. It wasn't like an official epilogue, mm-hmm. but it was like okay. The story has concluded. Here's okay. all of the players doing their different thing, and like because there's there's no hook at the end. Like, oop, this one got out, or oh, oh what if was we there do? like a a Stanley Sp- uh, uh, <laughs> like a, a Spicoli like parties with Van Halen? <laughs> kind of <Yeah>. like epilogue. <laughs> there's there's no post credit scene. There's Damn. it just when it ends, it just ends, and it's okay. like okay. Because at at the end of it, I was like, so it's a satisfying conclusion. Like, if no yeah, more Chris I was Pratt, like, no more Bryce Dallas Howard. No, I was it, like, and and everything. 
I felt like the way that they executed it, I mean, they had little nods to all the other stuff. They had little Easter eggs, little Do, this here, that there. I want to ask you one was, more thing. One more thing, and I don't feel like any of this stuff I'm asking is spoiler territory, but the kids from Jurassic World, do they make an appearance at all? They in didn't. This movie? That was that was the only thing that I would have really enjoyed. Okay. I would have loved to see I, I think I think to because, tie it up a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like because I didn't realize until it was pointed out to me specifically in something. I don't remember what it was, but the kid that played Tim in the mm-hmm. first one. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was one of the members oh, of yeah. Queen. Yeah, he was one of the band guys. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, man. He's so I'm old. I'm really happy to I'm know so this. old. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he was one of those things like Grant and Sadler, Sadler and Malcolm, they were all old. Right. But it was one of those things like, even though you could tell they were old, it still felt like it's them in a vacuum. It still yes. felt like, okay, it's the people that I knew. They're just a little older. I think it was one of those things where, like, it made because, like, I thought that at one point because, like, oh man, I would love to see Tim and Lex because clearly you can't get John Hammond because Richard Attenborough's dead. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, if you could get Tim and Lex, I'm like, ah, but Tim and Lex, I mean, they'd be adult. I mean, they'd I did be appreciate older than me. how his image and like his story kind of came back in Fallen Kingdom. He was mentioned. Yeah. Um, as an associate because you had the. Oh gosh, the actor who plays the old man who had the daughter. Uh, oh yeah, gosh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Yes, yes, James Cromwell. I like. I like that they were trying to bring it back into the fold. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just so many things that I would just forgettable. The movie's just forgettable. I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, like the Fallen me. Kingdom. It just it it. I mean. When they're actually on the island in the rescue and all that stuff, it's it's good. It's not bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like it doesn't have any redeeming fun qualities. But yeah. once they get back, it's like, oh, well, who gives a shit about any of this other stuff? I mean, <laughs> what's, but what's, I guess they had to have a bridge movie, right? I mean, you got to oh, have yeah. a bridge movie to set up the finale. Well, and, and that's very what, much what Fallen Kingdom feels like. What's funny is at, at several times... And I think once, uh, potentially, when I was watching one of the trailers, but like I, I, specifically with the motorcycle scene when uh, Owen Grady's getting chased by the Raptor while he's riding this dirt bike through Malta, mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like I'm watching the Born Ultimatum mm. with dinosaurs. Whoa, and I was like, when I go shit. back, when That's I go back to. Oh, like the action in it is fantastic. I was like, there. I mean, I might have to go see that. I mean, that some this of the weekend. camera work. I really want to see it. There's, really I mean, do. like there's, there's, uh, there's one scene where, uh, just some. I mean, some of the the visuals on it, and not even like of of. I mean, all oh, the dinosaurs. Look, I mean, the dinosaurs look fantastic. But there's one scene. And I, I, I won't. I, it doesn't give anything away. But it's just. It's right after. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard is on her own again, mm-hmm. and the the camera work in it, and the w- what you cut back to. I mean, it's not like oh my goodness, they've never done it. It's not like when we got Bullet Time in the Matrix, but it was yeah. just such a cool visual of just the, a cool the filming of the scene. It was it, like, was okay. this Colin Trevor uh, Trevorrow? I mean, Colin Trevorrow, yeah. Trevorrow? Yep. Okay. 
cool. I'm and, glad he got to finish that. That's that's awesome. And I mean, that's what I like, really to me appreciate is like the continuity of. of I, I know, still really wish I would have got to see his rise of Skywalker because. I mean, yeah, me I, too. I mean, when I it felt course like corrected with JJ. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm like, man, I felt like this. I don't want to peel the scab off that band aid, but I'm with yeah. you, dude. I, like this, I was not one of the people that hated uh, The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah. I, I understand people's problems with it. And I feel like you're completely valid. Like all you people who have failed that way, you're not wrong. Yeah. But I feel like where you're wrong is by not accepting what the creatives decided to do <laughs> yeah i know what you wanted to happen and it didn't work I, out that way <laughs> i really feel like because colin trevero like ryan johnson is really like an indie director like yeah. he can i mean he's done big things like he's got i mean the knives out sequel uh i think it's glass onion comes out this holiday season on netflix which i'm excited about um, the first Knives Out was fantastic. I mean, and Brick, oh, I which I think it. was yeah. his first movie, was I love Brick. I could yeah. I can't Brick, recommend Brick's, Brick to enough. People. Brick's a good good movie for sure. I mean, it's like he's uh, the the Brothers Bloom Looper. Like Ryan Johnson to me is a great writer and director. Yep. I think the thing is with the Last Jedi is like he took over from JJ, who's JJ's god. I mean, he's big. JJ Abrams, uh, to me is like, you know, I'm up with the, I, I feel like for me personally, this is me personally speaking, the shine of JJ has worn off for me. Oh, yeah. I would, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. He doesn't feel like the Wonder Kid Spielberg no. protege that I used to view him as. He, now I feel he like has he's that. like, oh, people have figured my formula out and I'm just, nobody wants to see JJ Abrams movies anymore. <laughs> No, because I mean, there. It's, I mean, there. It's like a. He's it's a tease, like a, man. He he's great at. He's a good it, what if guy, but he has like no. He's he's very bad at pulling off the landing. Well, it's it's a I'm standard about deviation away from Michael Bay. Yeah, like I mean, like when Michael Bay did Thirteen Hours, which is might be my favorite Michael Bay movie he's made. Yeah, with John Krasinski, that's a great movie. Yeah. It was really, I mean, like it was in his wheelhouse, but at the Ambulance, same time, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Not that's so the thing much. is like when you go back to the bread and butter Michael Bay, you're like, man, mm -hmm. eh, this is, you know, okay. There's, I I know what to expect, and it's not great. The so goofball it's, uh, humor that Michael Bay is known for, like I don't understand his sense of humor. The stuff that he thinks is funny is just weird and perplexing. Yeah. Um, and he kind of like didn't do that with 13 hours, but most no. of his movies he does. And it, he does it with ambulance, just characters like, uh, like sort of like these stereotype characters who just say dumb shit that only a person having a stroke would say like, like why? Like, yeah. I know the words you're saying aren't funny, but I feel like he thinks the scenario is funny or something. I, I don't know what it is, but it's, yeah, it's 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 a every whole time he other... does it, I cringe so hard. Yeah. Like, well, because I I think I mean like that's when I when I heard JJ and then Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevero in yeah. my head, I was like, okay, so you got JJ to reintroduce the franchise, big mm -hmm. shiny. Hey, everybody, look at this. Yeah. Which is what he Force was a great was. choice to get it going. Yeah. And then Ryan Johnson, because you realize 
The second one is going to be the connective tissue. The second one is going to be what brings you from the hey, he was hey, everybody, look at the this. difficult like now yeah. he has to to be like and that's what people are like well this has got to be the empire right this and, is going to be like jj's empire or whatever like people had just unbelievable expectations well and, and, i remember and, watching it and being like moved by it and like this story makes sense to me i get this story but you know again I, i'm not saying that people's problems with the movie aren't you know, I get it. I totally understand. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely problems with it. Yeah. I, I think, as, especially having seen how Colin Trevorrow closed out this third one mm -hmm. uh, of Jurassic World, I was like, because to me, like when it when it ended, I was like, as a lifelong Jurassic Park fan, no one will ever be able to convince me this movie was not fantastic. Yeah, like right. I, I'm, I'm not gonna say like it's not one of those things. Where it was like, I won't go out and say this is the greatest movie ever. Like right. it was like it blew me away. It was so fantastic. It was like as a lot. I mean, with the with the disclaimer of within the world of Jurassic Park, Jurassic World, dinosaurs, this whole yep. framework that we have, I don't know that there could have not been within a better the framework way. of Tweed indie film direct. Like yeah, <laughs> this because I was like this. Well, this everything they did here. <laughs> the and that's why like to me it felt like the born ultimatum because it was like in the framework of the born the original born trilogy the yeah. born uh the born identity was great because it introduced this oh really you're cool, talking about the, is that the one with jeremy renner oh uh, that was the born legacy that was oh, okay, outside okay. of the because the, the the first three with matt that damon was the only matt damonless one <clears throat> <laughs> yeah because then you had uh just jason born which was the fifth born movie and that was another matt damon one but you had the right. born identity, the born supremacy, Matt and born Damon. ultimatum. You got to say it like that, <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> but the the born ultimatum is my favorite of the three because it it felt like it had such. I mean, the story was great. Was that the, the third one? Yeah, oh, and that so that was one. like with this, yeah. it felt like the action beats were great. There was real heart to it. I mean, like when when I I mean when I. I knew they were coming, but like when I see Sadler and when I see Grant and when I see Malcolm, I'm just like, ah, I was like, I'm a 10 year old kid again watching I'm home. Jurassic it's like, Park. I've been away. I've been, I, I moved out of my, I moved away from my hometown for 30 years. Yeah. And I just came back and like the same, like everything is the same. Just, and so I was just older. It, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just so per. I was like, ah, oh, they're these, it's them. They're here. Yeah. And then at the same time, Chewy, we're you home. Have, you, and, <laughs> And you had uh, it was it was like that, but it was uh, what they what they did because it was like it felt like when they brought you know Han and Leia and Luke back into it, it was like, all right, dust these guys off, throw them in some more Star Wars movies so people will see these because they remember those guys and they want to see mm -hmm. them again. Yeah. And I was like, okay, these guys felt like they had a they they had a role in the story, and it wasn't ridiculous, it wasn't far fetched, and it they wove it into so they didn't Lando the thing like <laughs> no I mean like to me I was like people could say oh you're crazy stupid this movie's horrible that's why I'm like how do you say this movie's horrible you're like oh this right. movie's garbage I was like really right. have you ever seen Birdemic have you ever seen Terror Tunes <laughs> I mean like have you ever watched a really These genuinely shitty movie people don't give a shit about this movie like people are like oh this movie's garbage like really. This movie, you're gonna say this movie is garbage. Like, okay, yeah. you didn't like it. You wanted, or it didn't to meet suck. your expectations. That's what you want? But I was like, okay, so, I mean, okay. With but the MCU think, stuff, think, <laughs> that's where I'm like, right, I feel like. So let's like, review. Let's recap. Let's recap. 
I'm sorry. I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're headed. No, this you're has been fine. a longer episode. Uh, we, I know I, we, we, we've, you know, I budgeted us a good 50 minutes or so to, to get back caught up with what we've been up to. And then a good hour, uh, yeah. we, we should probably start wrapping up, but I do want to review. I want to review. Uh, so what would be your grade, uh, on an, on an AF scale for multiverse of madness, uh, for multiverse, uh, I would, uh, probably still be generous in giving it a b minus but i would b minus sounds good i I actually was thinking b minus too yeah uh you haven't seen maverick so i will rate that i'm gonna give maverick b plus um i so i i I liked it more than multiverse of madness i will say that um it it delivered on the promise of like what's Tom Cruise been up to all this, all these years, <laughs> or what's, yeah. what's, you know, Maverick been up to all these years and, and, and doing it in a way that didn't feel embarrassing or like you're just playing to the nostalgia. Like none of it, it didn't feel like any of that. So I give him credit there. Story was fine. Uh, there's just enough, again, that connective tissue from the first, like it's, it, there's just enough of it there to feel like it's a Top Gun movie. The, the soundtrack and everything is classic Top Gun you're going to love all of that shit if you were a yeah. fan of the first one, which I know you don't have a lot of nostalgia for the first one because you no. didn't see it until after it was out of the zeitgeist, basically. Yeah, was, I mean, so, it was like just, a, I don't know, four or five years ago. I think you can long. enjoy it without even seeing the first Top Gun. I think you really can enjoy this movie. It can be fun in a vacuum. So that I think that's a compliment to the movie. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, B-plus feels right. What would you, how would you rate Dominion? Um the the only way i mean like i have i have to do it within the the like i haven't gone back mentally to try and evaluate you know as you know if you want to say as just a movie i mean i still think i think as a movie in and of itself i would still give it something like a b plus the same kind of thing as a jurassic park fan looking at it as the the conclusion to the six movie franchise i think it's an a I, th- I mean, people cool. say, oh, you're crazy. This movie is horrible. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. You, you yeah. can grade a movie in a vacuum, and then you can grade a movie. How how does it blend in, like, the tapestry of the, the, of the Jurassic yeah. Park? I still, I still like, think the story Lord. and the action and all of the other elements of it, I mean, like, if you want to put it up, it's like, oh, is, this is, well, these are... Here's the other greatest films in in right. film history. Where does it stack up next to Jurassic Park Dominion? It's like, well, I mean, it's not one of it's, the greatest. It's no The ever. Godfather, huh? Okay. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, it's not going to win Academy Awards. It's, but it's like, if you're a fan of Jurassic Park, I, even if you didn't like, you know, Jurassic World and Fallen Kingdom, I think Jurassic World Dominion is the best way to close out the franchise. Cool. I don't want to. I'm going to save Lightyear maybe for our next water cooler. Maybe it can head off. Uh, I, I will tease and say I really enjoyed it. Uh, so I, I do have nice things to say about it. Uh, and I also have things about it that I think, you know, may, maybe it, it weren't so great. But overall, I liked it. Uh, nice. Any any recommendations, quick recommendations, that's something that may be streaming or a movie that you uh, caught on Netflix or Amazon Prime that surprised, like caught you off guard and you thought was good? Um... I'm trying to think if I've watched anything. Um, I will. It's. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere for free right now, but I will. Uh, I loved the bad guys, the animated movie uh, that came out. Oh, that was good. Out. Yeah, we yeah. saw that too. And oh gosh, I loved how that movie looked. 
Uh, yeah, that was. I, the, I, the I, style was so good. I include that's in my top three animated movies of all time. I really loved Ooh, it. Wow. Yeah. You have a soft spot for. Um, um, oh, shit. What's his face? Sam uh, Rockwell. I love Sam Rockwell. Yeah, you have a soft spot for Sam Rockwell, I've noticed. Yeah. But I like the style of it. He's and great. The, I mean, the story and. In fact, uh, I would say he's like, a comeback actor for me. Because, like, when oh, he first yeah. burst on the scene, I was not a big Sam Rockwell fan. He yeah. has grown on me over time. Absolutely. So now I feel like he's one of my. More, he, yeah, he's like, fantastic. I feel like he's a more dependable guy. Like if I see him in something, I'm like, oh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, he absolutely. Whereas before, is. I might be like, eh, Sam Rockwell, whatever. Okay, uh, I saw that too, and I, I agree that was good, good, and it, it very, very true to the books. My kids love the books. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll go out saying that if you haven't seen, and I've mentioned this to you multiple times, the offer on Paramount Plus. Oh yeah, uh, which I need is, to check that which out. Which is like it's based on a book told by Albert Ruddy, who is the producer of The Godfather, got his start in show business as uh, the creator of Hogan's Heroes, and just decided, hey, I want to be in show business movies, and he he goes and seeks out world famous producer Bob Evans, who was the president of Paramount at the time, during a time when Paramount almost went under because they were just not. The, uh, the the business that they once were they were not putting out the movies and the hits that they were but he scored a big hit with love story godfather was his follow-up and the whole the offer is just about the be, the struggles and be, the behind the scene uh it, it's like a docudrama things happen but they're dramatized you know what i mean <laughs> that's got miles but, teller in it too doesn't it it has miles teller in it and he's fantastic uh, and also uh juno temple Oh, nice. I, I love her in um, Ted, Lasso. Uh, Ted Lasso. Yep. Uh, she's equally adorable and charming and just so, such a good actor. She's she's rocking an American accent in this show. But nice. uh, great. It's great because it's set in the 70s, but it takes it's a picture that takes place. Well, The Godfather, I think, takes place in like the 40s or something. It's great because um, you get these surprising performances like by um, – Oh gosh, um, oh, he, what's his name? He he was in Gone in sixty seconds. He played the little brother of Nick Cage, and he you know he's got like the slick back hair. Usually, well, I can't think of his name. He plays the mobster in the in the series, and he's great. Uh, I'm about to look up his name now because I feel bad because I'm I'm praising I'm praising his performance, and I'm like you know his what's his face, the guy. <laughs> The offer. Colin Hanks is really good in it. I like him. Uh, I didn't Matthew Good him. as Bob Evans is great. Dan Fogler as uh, Robert Scor uh, nice. not Robert Scorsese. Uh, he he plays uh, 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 Francis Ford Coppola. He's fantastic in it. Okay. Uh, let's see. But I'm thinking of. He's not listed high here. Where, where the f are you? Oh, Giovanna Rib uh, Ribisi. That's why I could think of his. Oh name. yeah, Giovanna Ribisi. I love. He him. plays Joe Colombo, and so like it's kind of like The Sopranos meets. Uh, it's gonna sound stupid, but like, uh, <laughs> what was that dumb Hollywood show on HBO that had uh, Jeremy Piven as the agent? 
and it was like all oh. behind the scenes Hollywood stuff. It oh, was a was lot of the fun. Mark Wahlberg one. Yes. Yes. The uh, oh, and it had like sure. Turtle and fucking uh, uh, yeah. Johnny Drama and. <laughs> I think a lot of people make fun of it nowadays. Like it's not a movie that's like or a show that's necessarily aged well because I think it has a lot of masculine toxicity and that kind of shit just doesn't play in 2022. Uh, but it reminds me of like you take that movie where you see all the the real back like behind the scenes show business aspects and a Sopranos mob story because like the okay. the mafia yeah. the mafia see they saw the Godfather book by Mario Puzo is. A slanderous towards Italian Americans, and they did not want to see the movie get made. So, so they're on one hand they're fighting to get the movie made because they, it, you know, they they have this book, they have the rights to this book, which was the number one selling book for like a year, two years in a row, and they're trying to adapt this movie, but they're dealing with like on one hand you got the corporation, the the studio, they're trying to sell the company because they had a hit with Love Story. And they're trying to just like part of the movie or the show is you got one hand, we're trying to sell off the business. And you got the other hand, the Bob Evans and the creatives who are just like, you know, they, they want to be in show business. Like they're just in love with making movies. They're fighting to yeah. keep Paramount together. Almost. But you're support, like Albert Ruddy went on to have like a huge Hollywood career. He did a ton of Burt Reynolds movies like he wrote and. Uh, he wrote Cannonball Run. He wrote The Longest Yard, uh, and a, a lot of he did a lot of other things with Burt Reynolds. Like he was a huge collaborator with Burt Reynolds, and he also was a producer of Million Dollar Baby. Uh, like he he recently he's still alive, I think, but he's he's still doing shit. Like he's been around for a long time. And Bob Evans did a whole lot of shit too. Like he went on to produce uh, movies like uh, the China's uh, Ch Chinatown. He produced. Uh, just, just like, just like a string of hits for Paramount in the sixties and seventies, just like or seventies and eighties rather. Anyways, I highly recommend it. I've told you many times, like, man, this yes. show is just really good. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It's over now, so you can like binge watch the whole entire uh, series. Oh, perfect. Uh, now's the time to jump in there and just binge watch it all. And uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll enjoy it for the behind the scenes stuff. The way it handles it handles that like docudrama in just the right way for me. <laughs> it's like that can be really corny, yeah. If they, if they really lean into it too much, but I, I think they did just the right amount. Nice. So anyways, I highly recommend the offer on Paramount Plus. And with that, I think is a good time to end the show. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy myself, man. I, I appreciate any of you listeners if you've stuck with us for this long and let indulging us doing one of these. It was uh, good catching up water cooler episodes and we'll yeah. we'll be back we'll we'll be doing some movies like you know you and i have researched for a couple like we could record like back to back to back episodes probably pretty easily for oh yeah shows we researched and are ready to like i've got notes for episodes that i plan to have done by now but we just never have <laughs> yes uh and you know who knows maybe maybe once a month maybe like the last last friday of, of each month like we just do one of these like watercolor episodes where we can just talk yeah, about what talk about the movies that have come out on digital on streaming on dvd and yeah. theaters just yeah. hey the summer seems month. like a great time to do like watercolor episodes because there's agree. so much good content out there absolutely yeah all right well i guess on that note the uh, closing theme music is going to start rolling 
There and I'm going to remind you guys that I've been one of your hosts, Ron Avis. And I've been your other host, Adam Peterson. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye, everybody.